This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. Daylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're, uh-huh. not, we're not real. Well, nothing is real, Jared. If you've been if you've been listening to this podcast, you would have known that. As we watch Spine 288 in the Criterion Collection, Orson Welles' F4 Fake from 1973. But first, RJ. Here, yeah. Here, here we are. <laughs> yeah. A couple of notes. Uh, number one, uh, we were called idiots twice on YouTube this week. Really? Yeah. Idiotic. On this- uh, one person just literally called us idiots. Just flat out on, on I am curious. Oh my god. Yeah. But nobody is nobody is championing that movie. Come on. Yeah. Uh so some some bozo is. Uh and uh yeah, someone else went on about like we're idiotic. We're talking about like I think it was like Autumn Sonata. And uh it's like we like that movie. But I think it's like, yeah, you know, you're really capturing the visions of uh, Bergman going on YouTube and calling people idiots that you don't know. That's uh, that's really living the Bergman ethos. I well, I mean, that is what he intended. Like, do you remember uh, Ingmar Bergman makes a movie because it's the same idea, Jared? It's essentially mm-hmm. the same thing. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, ne- I don't get it. Like, so even when we like movies, people. Uh, are just like fuck yeah. these guys. Yeah, apparently that's a new level. Usually it's like the policing is when we shit on things, or we, yeah. we, ha- we had to been born. Do we ever? I don't know if we ever talked about that guy uh, for the uh, the Monterey Pop guy. He posted like six or seven different posts and <laughs> just kept going on about music, how we couldn't possibly understand. Oh yeah, it's awesome. What? Right? Yeah, <laughs> I've never, I've I've never looked. Oh, uh, I never. I think we've been so busy. Our episodes have been running so long. There's been so much Star Trek, which my second note, while RJ looks that up, is uh, yeah. every, every month for the last three months, RJ, we've seen a decline in listenership. And I'm like, huh, what's changed in the last three months? I'm like, well, you know, in the States, like uh, the vaccine's active. People, like things yeah. are opening back up. People aren't spending as much time online. Um, mm-hmm. People's lives have changed. Uh, perhaps it's us. Perhaps we've changed. We've lost them. But I'm like, what else have we been doing a lot of on this this show, this film podcast, allegedly? It's like, hmm, mm-hmm. we, we've been talking a lot about Star Trek, RJ. I think. I mean, do, do, do yeah. you think? Do you think perhaps Star Trek's the problem? <laughs> do you think people might not want to listen to uh, the adventures of Neelix and the Cisco? Do you think people are fed up? Uh, I mean. I don't care, even if they were. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if, it, if it's a Star Trek. We're not going to stop. So, I mean, if this is the, the thing that sinks the ship as a whole, that's fine, right? Yeah. But we're not welcome in the Star Trek community either. No. We've, we've garnered nothing but uh, disinterest <laughs> hate, uh, and hate. Hate and derision. Yeah, from both factions here. So apparently, no matter what we are trying to discuss, people are not... They, uh, they're not fans. Not fans of that. Believe it to the um, real fans. Uh, so I, I, be, I beg at, your pardon? I said the only fans. Mm. Uh, I just found uh, this uh, person on Monterey Pop. And, 
uh, saying clearly they were clearly born too late to get this. And it's like, what? So is the only people who can like Monterey Pop had to have been alive at the time of yeah. the uh, the festival? Yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, dude. Like these were like fucking bands, dude, bro. Like shit, totally, man. And this other stuff. Is that what I sound like? I'm guessing it could be either one of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I was actually like somewhat positive on Monterey Pop. Mm -hmm. And then he continued to say, this is the worst commentary I've ever heard. Complete waste of space. Go back to whatever you normally listen to. You don't even have the most basic idea. Just make up whatever you think at first think at random. Where does this guy think thoughts come from? Like, just make up whatever you first think at random. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if you're doing okay. His picture, he looks clearly unhinged. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he goes by Big G. He's got a video, a nine-second video called Big G, You Oughta Know. Um, or maybe that's he's covering. Oh, I think he does music covers. Oh, so he's got a uh, Rolling Stones playlist, a uh, Paul McCartney playlist. Um, <laughs> Hard-hitting stuff. Hard-hitting stuff. How, how's your week been, RJ? Uh, it was it was all right until now. <laughs> these uh these YouTubers they there's they no good. So what you're telling me, Jared, is that not only are we now getting assaulted from the YouTube comments, but uh, also our our viewer or listenership is plummeting as well. That's right. We're right on schedule. What do you think is going to happen when we uh, deliver a five-hour Fred Olin Ray episode? <laughs> do you think that's going to really bring it all home? or? Uh, I think that might be knocking it out of the park. It's going to knock something. No, that last nail into the coffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're only, uh, we're only uh, three days out from uh, Fred Olin May. I know. I know. We... Uh, and we we've been upfront about this one, telling people uh, without uh, concealing it or anything well, like that. Because as we just start logging the movies, it becomes clearer. It's pretty, yeah. It's, uh, I think day one, it's uh, a little bit obvious. But um, well, will you be starting on Friday night or Saturday itself? Like wait till the purity of the first. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna start on Friday. What are you nuts? No, no, no. Get get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, I had a uh, interesting conversation today at work about whether eating horse is okay or not. Okay, and yeah. well, what was the uh, conclusion? It was pretty split, actually. Like uh, out of the four other people in the staff room, two two of the guys were like, "Yeah, I'll I'll eat horse. I'll I'll eat it up." And then two of the other people were like, "Nah, not for me." And I was like, "I just I I sat on the sideline. I was a fence post sitter. I was like, I got no horse in this race." Wow. Well, no, no one went. Nay. Nah, no, not not quite, not quite. But mm. uh, then I did hear some people on the other side of the room talking about becoming woke to uh, <laughs> racial issues, and I went. The the person saying it, it was like sixty two years old. So I went, I'm gonna leave now, and I just kind of walked away. And that was it. Were they? Compl- they weren't actually were, sixty. Were, I think they're like fifty. Were they complaining about wokeness? I don't know. I it, they didn't. Their tone would suggest that they weren't. Uh, <laughs> weren't happy about there it there was some venom to their tone there, there was there was a there was a little bit a uh, little bit of spice on it for sure yeah. but uh the uh the adventures of the staff room uh, are always interesting Jared. Yeah. i hear a lot of uh 
a lot of bizarre stuff in there. Is, is that microwave door remaining closed these days? That, that individual is uh, no longer with us. So, oh. I mean, they're still employed, but uh, they are uh, governmentally mandated to stay home. So, oh, um, man. No, no issues uh, for the next uh, couple weeks, which is nice. <laughs> Sometimes uh, uh, life uh, finds a way. Life finds a way. That was a great uh, gold boom impression, by the way. No. Oh. Yeah, you're getting way, way better at that. Thank you. Uh, so other than that, no, nothing. I think I brought this up. I don't know if I think I did. Where like on Thursday, Friday, people at work are like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> what? Like as opposed to something. Well, well, I mean, maybe it, you'll do something in the yard. Well, and I think that's what it, like, I know it's just making conversation and stuff like that. And it's like so built into people's habits. It's just, what do you, what do you got going on the weekend? And then I'm always just like, nothing, man. It's like, what do you think? It's like, A, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to leave my house. B, it's unsafe to leave your house. And C, it's like, nothing's open anyways. It's like, what, what do you expect me to go do? Like go to the mall, hang out, mm-hmm. breathe yeah. in other people's air a little bit. Like That's right. So, anyways, what have you? What did you get up this weekend? Up to this weekend? Oh, man, uh, you ever you ever hear about BattleTech? No. Oh. What is it? It's like like little mechs. Little mechs. You, you, you know mechs. You know what a mech is. Yeah, is that not just a minifig of a mech? Yeah, it's a minifig. Or is it a separate but, but kind it's of a, entity? But, well, it's, it's a game. It's a different... It's, it is a minifig. It is in the sub, okay. sub-genre okay. Um, category of uh, mechanized machines for armored combat. Mechanized uh, warfare? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. You're What's little... in the mechs? Pilots. Pilots hmm. called mech warriors. They drive right. around. You've heard about mech warrior? Uh, I've heard of checks, uh, mechs. I've also heard of tex mechs. Are those tex the same mechs. things? Actually, tex tex mechs is pretty good. That might like, be a good. That might be a good uh, name for a uh, a lance. That's what they call uh, squadrons in BattleTech. No lances. It would be it would be a good name for a soldier who was uh, not from Texas but had a cowboy hat and always had a uh, I don't know like some kind of food like with them but then they were in their mech but they never wore their helmet because they were uh the freedom you know tex mechs uh remember robot jocks uh i've heard of it yeah i don't i never actually watched that one god damn you gotta do something about that well i mean that dude's dead now so he Stu, he's not gonna know why Stu gore yeah he's not gonna know if i watched it or not so I mean, I, I feel like as soon as the filmmaker's gone, there's no point watching it. I didn't I didn't watch F for Fake. It's like, why why would I watch a dead artist? Like, art's not even real. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't need to watch a movie to learn that. No, I don't. I, I've known that forever. And I, I feel like if people just listened to me from the start, like, we wouldn't be in this pandemic. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know? Listen, you know? listen to Big Arge. I got answers. They're they're not questions anyone's asking, but I, I got answers. You're a regular uh, Joe Rogan over there. Mm, I, I mean, I, I, he's got thoughts too. He does have thoughts, but he has a platform for it. We clearly only have three people listening, and they they also hey, clearly don't we, like us. We, we have we have five, if not six people, potentially six. So that's all you got going on this weekend is a little Max. Little Max. 
you gonna build one of those enterprises or what? Uh, no, no, that's you. That's your job. You're gonna be. Uh, you're gonna get into those. Uh, a, a different kind of minifig. The, Modeling. The, mo mokai mo, model kits. Mo, mo, okay. So what's the deal with that? It's just like little parts that you just piece together and that's it? Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. I, I don't know how complicated it would be. I didn't take a close enough look. I just, I just saw it on the shelf one day and I took a photo and sent it your way because you were asking me about asking I, about I, yeah. some uh, enterprise models. Well, that was a more more peak pandemic, be, I think, before I was even working again mm-hmm. when I was just like, what do you got going on over there? But uh, I don't know. I, I think I would be interested. But if it's just like two pieces that click together, I, then it's I, like, I uh, suspect it's a maybe it's a little bit more than that. Maybe like four pieces that click together. <laughs> maybe could be. I don't know. I'd have to investigate closer. I'm sure you could. I mean, uh, I'm sure you could look up a review of that very kit. You just have to Google away. What was the kit called? I don't know. I sent you the photo. Enterprise. <laughs> there's a, there's, I think there's kit. a few. I think there's a few. Anyways, RJ, you want to hear yeah. from uh, the people of Creepsville? Do you want to hear from the people of Creepsville? Because I got one, buddy. I got one lined up. What do you, you mean? What, what do you mean you got one? Why? Well, I, I I received a message. What from from where? Uh, from Instagram. Oh my from god. From a uh, a uh, fellow g- going by Christian Paulino. Okay. Also known as Crispy Bacon so we, 692. We, so we didn't even hit 10, and you're going to be reading a, a, a correspondence. Well, I don't think you have access to these. Well, I, d- I do, but I don't, I don't look. But you don't want access yeah, to these? No, that's your domain. Well, it's a short one, to okay. say the least. Okay. Are they, are uh, they, what are they trying to sell us? Um, Agnes Varda, it looks like, and maybe potentially a Criterion release of the Snyder Cut. <sighs> I see. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, short message. Um, all they said is, uh, my list of criterion I wish existed. Number one, Yongary Monster from the Deep. Number two, Clash from 2017, Egypt, directed by Mohammed Diod. Number three, Maul Flanders. Number four, Sorcerer. And number five, The Favorite. And then he follows up with, do you guys ever talk about which movies you would love on the collection? Star Trek and Zack Snyder DC don't count. So uh, that's it from uh, this fine uh, young fellow. He uh, also went on to say that he believes Sorcerer, uh, Sorcerer is better than uh, Wages of Fear. But uh, maybe that's a I don't I don't know that might that might be uh, your your ballpark territory there. But uh, I don't know, Jared. Any uh, criterions that you just wish were part of the well, collection? We've been asked before. It's been a while. Uh, yeah. Man, I don't know. <laughs> this is the thing that's like, I'd have to go back. I'm going to pull up a list because I've always got a list of uh, movies that need an HD upgrade. Okay. You feel me? Yeah. So while you're looking at that, I just found a uh, Amazon of the AMT Star Trek USS Enterprise D uh, 125. That wasn't, that, that wasn't the D, though. Kit. That wasn't the D, though. That was... Uh... Well, this was the kit that I found. Okay. And uh, the first review is one star, and it said, Garbage. That's where it ended up. Cheapest plastic model I've ever seen. The Uh decals rip so easy. Don't waste your money. So People don't like decals. I guess not. I guess not. (laughs) Right in the garbage. The decals came right off. Just toss it all out. Can't possibly do anything. Throw the whole thing out. Uh-huh. Mm, let's take a gander here. Oh, yeah. What's good for the goose is good for the gander, if you know what I mean. 
Hmm. And I think you know what I mean. Oh, you know what? There's I've, it's been a while since I looked at this list. I think there's been a few that have actually come out on uh, on Blu-ray since this point when I posted this. For Criterion, though, hmm. How about Heart, I think how about uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Heart Eight? I think that's I a, think that's good a pick as any. Oh, look at that! The Gunfighter was on my list, and sure enough, it's come to Criterion. It's come. Yeah. Yeah, because of what we did with the gunfighter. Yes. Yeah, I knew it. We knew it. I knew it. Uh, how about Dennis Hopper's Out of the Blue? I think that would sure. make a great addition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know it, but I'll take your word for it. Absolutely. And the uh, Dustin Hoffman movie Straight Time. Okay. That would. Be... I don't know it, but I'll take your word for it. Okay. And uh, my pick is going to be Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Mm-hmm. That's a joke that people appreciate, right? I think so. I think so. And one more. Uh, how about uh, Victor uh, Sostrom's The Wind from 1928? I'm a huge fan of The Wind. I've uh, I've always been a big supporter of Wind. Good. Whether it's natural or breaking, uh, I think they're it's all good. Make it happen, John Criterion. I think that's more of a Gary Collection thing, to be honest. So, uh, what? He has no say in these matters. He's just like you and me. Like, just like how I'm just along for the ride, whether I want to be or not. Exactly. I understand. You're you're a real Gary collection over there. I mean, there's worse things. (laughs) There's worse things. But not very many. Not many. No. Uh, so anyways, that was the one uh, email I had to read. Do you have any females? I've got double A, Aaron Lang. Haven't heard from that son of a bitch in a long time. He's back. He's back in pog form. What's what's he doing? No subject. Burden of Dreams. Such a great movie and really crucial to the myth of Herzog. Oddly, mm-hmm. I don't recall Fitzcarraldo making that much of an impression on me, but perhaps that's because I saw Burden first, and in my mind, it overshadows the narrative film. Yeah, uh, I think that they just blur <laughs> completely between yeah. the two. And I think probably... Yeah, they're all one and the same. It, it's, it's, they it's, are one. They are one. They are one, yeah. Out of the uh, Kinski-Herzog collaborations, I'd have to say my favorites are the first and the last, Aguirre and hey, Cobra Verde. Some more uh, love for Cobra Verde. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm liking this. I'm liking this. Uh, the, 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 I think the absolute worst, though, is uh, Wojciech. That movie is uh, not, I don't know, it's just kind of a chore to get through. I think that was uh, available on the Criterion channel for a while. So yep. you're saying it's not worth uh, giving a rip? Nah. Nah. Okay, that's good to know. Cause Watch, I, like, I, mean, I, I think I all, all the other four are great. Um, just not Wojciech? Wojciech is, like, definitely the, to me, is lesser Herzog. Well, why does he have Wojciech and Stroyzek? Like, he couldn't have found two names that weren't so similar. Well, like, they're, just, they're just titles. Well, yeah. But that'd be like maybe if we it make, were... maybe it makes more sense if you speak the language. No, that's in... those are English words. <laughs> oh, Wojciech and Stroyzek. Stroyzek, Stroyzek, Streiselberg. No. Wait, who is it? Streisand. That's what. Streisand. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking Barbara Streisand, and I was like, "What's her name again?" Streiselberg. That's a mix with Heisel... Heisenberg. You see, <clears throat> she is the danger. 
Aaron continues. Some oh, years yeah. ago, I read Kinski's autobiography, and boy, is that a wild ride. The opening mm. concerns Kinski's early childhood in war-torn Europe, and it's truly evocative and well-written. I was really impressed. But not long after that, it's as if Kinski lost interest and just starts spouting off petty insults and bullshit. A lot of time is spent regaling his sexual conquests, which, which oh, gets God. increasingly bizarre. There's one encounter involving a female quote-unquote giantess which seems ripped from an R. Crumb comic as an oddball curiosity this book is kind of worth checking out well that's interesting I have, I have not heard about the uh, the Klaus Kinski autobiography uh, I want to know more about this giantess <laughs> yeah I bet you do I mean, I think that's all the rage now. Like, you know how that uh, Resident Evil people uh, oh, yeah, or yeah. villain got people all hot and bothered? <laughs> yeah, they all yeah. want to get they all want to get devoured. So I think uh, the time for giant uh, giant women is now. Oh, or it always has been. You, I mean, that's that's an alternative viewpoint for sure. Uh, this reminds me, I've got a copy of uh, Michael Winner's autobiography kicking around somewhere. You do? I do. Oh, I'm not interested in that. Why not? He, the man who brought us Death Wish 3. Uh, well, does he talk about Death Wish 3 in the book, do you think? I'd assume so, but I haven't okay. read it. Well, Maybe he talks about the Sentinel as well. The Sentinel? The Sentinel. Oh, okay, as not the to, Sentinels. As, as, opposed to, as opposed to Sentinels. From the X-Men franchise, yeah. right? Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. I follow. P.S. Have you guys seen Incident at Loch Ness? It's a mockumentary from the 2000s starring Herzog. I'm sure you can glean the plot from the title. I'm surprised nobody ever talks about this movie, as Herzog is in extreme self-parody mode here. Not exactly a great mm. film, but a must-see for Herzog freaks. I have seen uh, Incident at Loch Ness, and I, that was, I think, during that peak Herzog uh, becoming like a, I don't know, a sort of pop culture-y. So that's like two... Th- yeah, what actual year was that though? That is an interesting. I don't know. Incident Lock Ness. So that yeah, 2004. So not bad. I mean, so I definitely knew who Herzog was at that point. So the guy who directed this though, old Zach Penn, his kind of claims to fame are writing X Men movies like X Three. Oh, not even the good X Men movies. X Three. Well, let's take a guess here. Writer, The Avengers. Oh, wow, that's why he's... Oh, and Ready Player One. My God. This guy's got a, so, a so, great track record. Well, he's, 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 he does superhero movies. That's his thing. Oh, he directed... Yeah. Oh, The Grand. The what? The, an improvisational comedy using a handful of actors playing characters competing in an actual poker tournament with Woody Harrelson, yeah. David Cross, Dennis Farina. I, I vaguely remember <laughs> like this at Dennis Blockbuster. Farina. Yeah, there's not that many opportunities now since he's dead too. And then he, oh, he directed no, the uh, Atari Game Over documentary. Was that any good? That's the one that's all about ET. I think. Yeah. Like the, the ET card. Oh, you didn't watch that though. Uh, if I did, I don't remember it. Nothing. Mm. Nothing. Nothing sticks out to me. He wrote PCU. He came up with a story for Last Action Hero. He wrote the screenplay mm. for Inspector Gadget. Behind Enemy Lines, X2, X-Men United, the story of it. Uh, who, Suspect Zero? <laughs> huh. He, he, uh, that means he uh, wrote and uh, the screenplay for E. Elias Marege's um, serial killer movie, The Man Who Brought Us Begotten. Oh. It is kind who of... Who is sur- this person? This, this is Zach Penn. He, he did a... And he, oh, yeah. He also wrote Electra and... 
X-Men he's... Last Stand. The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. He, that one's good. He came up with the story for The Avengers, so he might have made a pretty yeah, penny yeah. off of that. He worked on it. He had one season on a TV show, uh, Alphas. Uh, was that supposed to be some kind of Marvel spinoff, do you think? Alphas? No. Yeah. Alphas is a science fiction drama focusing on a team that investigates people with supernatural abilities. Oh, I thought it was like Alphas and Betas and Cox. <laughs> that, come, that, came, that was the sequel series that right. they planned. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What yeah, about the what about what about what are, what are Omegas though, RJ? Well, you're looking at it. Son of a bitch. Well, I mean, huh? So yeah, Zach Penn directed a few random things like Incident Loch Ness, which I have kicking around in a bin somewhere. Um, but and he wrote the screenplay for Karate Kid Two. Okay. I feel like all of these titles, there's no way that this person was affiliated with every one of those things. Like this, this has got to be an Alan Smithy thing. No, this is this guy's real. Mm, I'm not, I'm not buying one, it. One, there's, there's all these. There's, yeah, I mean, fuck. You, you wrote Avengers. You probably can do whatever he wants. I'm sure somebody wrote the Avengers. I don't know if it was Zach Penn or not, but well, he he did us. He did this. He was part of the story team. He didn't do the the fine tune. I'm sure that was left to Joss Whedon. <laughs> Well, that's also potentially possible, yeah. but uh, so Joss Whedon, he's doing good, hey? Don't really hear about him. He's kind of doing the smart thing, I guess, and uh, laying low. Don't talk about things. Well, yeah. I don't think he has a choice in that one anymore. You know? You know? So Everyone's got a choice, know. RJ. Well, he doesn't have a platform. He doesn't even have a podcast. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure that's not what's stopping him. Mm. It could. It could be. It could be. Well, thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Next a. up, Mr. Sugarhead. Oh, big sugar. E mail. See, uh, see, see what he see what he did there. I don't. Oh. Hey, Jared and RJ. Uh-huh. Hope you are both doing well. How about those Oscars? Movies sure are something, aren't they? Anyway, wow. I guess Jared has to watch Nomadland now, which is okay because True. it's a pretty good show. Certainly better than Mank. <laughs> uh, Mank. Mank won an Oscar, Jared. Yeah. Yeah, people yeah. keep saying, oh, Mank won more Oscars than Citizen Kane. And then, like, the keep the hits just keep coming. People have been shit-talking Citizen Kane all week on Twitter. People talk yep. about uh, how it's no longer the highest-rated movie. It's now Paddington. Uh, Paddington 2. Paddington, sorry, Paddington 2. Specifically. They, yeah. So, so which that, I'm on board with. I, I would, if I was given the choice of rewatching Citizen Kane or Paddington 2, I would probably watch Paddington 2, like any day of the week i'd throw that son of a bitch on right now if we weren't doing this i guess i should watch paddington 2 someday i saw the you first should. one i think it just wasn't streaming at the time uh it is now i believe maybe yeah. may start soon and i can't remember what kind of a quest you two are beginning we've not a, nothing good will it be michael may Ooh, that's not a bad idea. I don't think he could fill up a whole month, though. No, he's just not that. Uh, well, I mean, it might feel like it. Yeah. They're long movies. They're, hmm. they're like twice the length of anything we're watching, any one of his movies. Yeah, that's true, I guess. How about Harmony Kareem? <laughs> mm, maybe. 
Yeah. But yeah. again, well, still, that wouldn't fill up a whole month either, would no, it? No, it shouldn't. No, it yeah. Uh, so or, unless, unless we do a week of people, each week would be just like oh. one of these people. How about I that? See. How, how about them apples? So Michael May week, Harmony or Harmony Carmay mm. week. Yeah. What would the other? Uh, does he have more? Nope, that's it. He he ran out of ideas. Okay, so there's two. We, then that way you could do a Takeshi Meek May. No, 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 no. Did... Well, because he, he has literally over 100 movies to watch. Yeah, but if, if you were narrowing it down to a week, that would be a lot more manageable. We could not do it a whole month no, to catch a Mickey Mouse. You, you got to try to go for it. It has to be like plausible. I mean, like what we're doing next month, it's impossible to watch every single one of his movies, but fuck, yep. we're, we're going to watch a, a good chunk. Well, I mean, 40 of them are just legitimate pornos, so it's like <laughs> we're going to watch it Legit- about half. Yeah. Yeah, legitimate. Legitimate. Honest no. and true porno. So Not, we don't have to watch yeah. all those. Soft softcore at best. Yeah, just about half. Well, there was a couple on there that looked a little bit uh a little bit fishy, but uh yeah, and then I mean I don't know, we could take uh we could take suggestions. We're not we 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 probably won't listen, but if people had uh, suggestions for the other weeks that might work as well. You know? Yeah, I mean, as far as the uh, the hucksters of horror stuff, I mean, we're, the list is kind of getting a little low. I mean, for like for the whole for the more um, carny side, I think about like William Castle, but he doesn't really have a ton of movies though either. I had someone else on a list at some point. But. I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna message you one right now that I actually think would be pretty cool, but I don't want to give it away. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I put it into the Skype. Chat. I, I, I got it. I got it. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't, they, I don't they, know. They, they don't have a ton either, but I mean that that could fit. I mean that way is like I've I've been thinking about. I, I've actually been thinking about watching one of uh, their movies uh, recently yes. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It just this I don't, is this I don't, is minifig related too. I'm I'm sure it is. Yeah, that oh. like it's too bad we're already knees deep into uh, Fredel and May already. I know we're we haven't oh, it, started it, yet, but it, it takes a lot of prep work. It it, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of prep. Jared's got to. Uh, dig out a lot of vhs's for these things mm-hmm. to happen yeah. so i have to put them into the machine mm-hmm. we had a uh, little like to rewind movies we had a little race car rewinder that's all it did was you put a vhs click it down and then it would be and sound like a race car and then it would come out freshly rewound do you have anything like that i did not have anything that amazing it was fucking cool dude sometimes i'd throw a movie in there just for fun just because i was it was cool you know uh, Sugarhead continues. I think you could also go the route of watching Joker once a day for an entire month. That could be fun. Uh, uh, I would, I would a hundred percent make it a Patreon goal. If we get out of this uh, recurring months of losing listeners, if watching Joker <laughs> once a month brought the brought the people back, I, I would do it for sure. Yeah, that's what people want. I would even do a live feed of me. Uh, I'd say 10 days in, I do a live commentary. And then 20 days in, I would do it again. And then 30 days in, I would do it again. But uh, that's only if we could hit that 100,000 viewers. That's oh. the only way I would do it. Okay. Okay. Yep. Have a great show, fellas. Well, goddamn, good to hear from Sugarhead, Double A uh, Lang, and. Uh, Christian Paulino as well. The one thing I noticed at the bottom of these uh, Gmail emails, there's like automatic responses. Like, thanks, I'll check them out. Sounds good to me. Thanks, I'll check it out. Should I give him one of those? Yeah, do that. Which one? And 
thanks. I'll check it out. Thanks. I'll check it out. I, I like send. When when there's like two positive ones, perfect. And he's gonna he's gonna open up his email and be like, I wonder what this means. And then he'll know about it tomorrow. <laughs> I like though when the auto reply stuff, it'll be like, Thanks, uh, or I'll look into it and then there'll be one that'll just flat out just be like, No. And like that's it. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I have not. I, w- I, I wish I've gotten that a couple times. It's pretty funny. So speaking of uh Nomad Land, uh that's on Disney Plus. Are you I, gonna watch that? uh yeah i will I, I will i will i have to yeah you you definitely have to i but, have uh, i 100 have to did you think anything's like odd about the fact that um the disney plus movie that's on abc exclusive on via the oscars disney one directed by a woman who's directing a uh marvel or yeah marvel disney movie that comes out it's already been made and i think it's coming out later this year no, that, I think. Do you think this is like a, a great, wonderful coincidence? Uh, no, this is exactly what I've always See, anticipated. This is this is this it's, is these are thoughts. One of the two deleted tweets I tried to send you was uh, IGN's. Uh, Here's a list of all the Marvel <laughs> MCU actors that have won Oscars, and I went. You know what makes me think when I see um, Anthony Hopkins? Oh, Odin! Finally, he yeah. won. Yeah. Remember him in Thor one. What about him in Thor 2? Do you remember him in Thor 2, Jarrett? <laughs> Who could no. forget that movie I never saw? Oh, he was he was great in Thor 2. I saw that, and I honestly, I almost quit. Like, just, you just quit? Just quit. I was going to be like, who gives a shit about any of this? Well, I mean, like, I feel like you do that every week. I do, but this that was almost the one that actually got me. Almost. Yeah, and uh, I think someone else might ask about Oscars, but uh, how did you uh, like that that viewership trend? Uh, the it's one, almost the, like the ours. One, the, the, the one that, yeah, failing, failing podcast because you know you know who was on that. Old uh, DJT, he, he he had to send out a uh, some of his uh, letterhead. Uh, mm-hmm. f- a former president had to like squawk off about about ratings because that's all that matters it's and, all that matters um, of course yeah you had sent me this thing about the uh the nosedive that the ratings yeah. took for uh the old academy awards which i mean they got a couple things working against them number one they do n- no one saw movies uh most people probably don't even think about movies really mm-hmm. these days like they don't even think like I don't know, other than people who talk about Black Widow um, yeah. and uh, what the next what the next superhero movie is. Like, movies like A Nomadland. I mean, this is like, this is business as usual. Like, these aren't like, yep. this is the thing that was pissing me off a little bit. Because, like, I went, wow, that was, that's pretty bad. And kind of telling about how little people are caring about award shows yep. this year. Because mm-hmm. it's like, is this even a competition? I mean, movies still were getting made, but nobody is seeing them. There's no yep. like fun in going to the theater and like mm-hmm. weighing in. You're just like, I'm gonna watch a movie like I always do <laughs> on my well, in my house for the like I've yeah. been doing every fucking night for the last year. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. And here's the ones that are good apparently. And you go, okay, sure, seems seems decent. Yep. Well, I think that, and then on top of the uh, the thing that I've been hammering for weeks here is uh, the increased um, apathy towards celebrities, or not even apathy, like yeah. the turning perspective uh, perspective against all these people, and it's just like fuck these people. You know what I mean? So uh, what? Uh, well, the real question is, what 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 superhero do you want to see Francis McDermott play now? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Again, throw her in there as Howard the Duck. I don't give a shit. Like, 
or a squirrel girl. It would be bo- something. It would be, be, be bold. A bold oh, I, decision. I'm sure it'll be. Well, what is a the Nomadland director? What Marvel movie is she making? Eternals. Oh fuck! That movie is gonna be such hor- like garbage. I don't like, know. Uh, who knows? Well, we'll see. Because I mean, that's the thing is like I think Eternals as a concept is pretty unappealing to me. That, that's oh, and always and always has been. So. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's a that's a tall order. What's a, that's well, a tough one. And like to, to me, I'm mm-hmm. like you know the person who makes a Nomad Land. It's like oh, I'm gonna turn around and make a Marvel movie. It's like, are are you just part of like the the world of like hey, we're going to get your you hang out on set and you yep. make some recommendations and we'll just make the way that these movies are all yes. made. Like yep. yeah, that, that that's what it is. So who cares? But yep. now they can be like, cool, we've got a. Is this the f- best director. first the first best director directing a Marvel movie at this point? Yeah. Or, well, after, yeah, and Eternals is already in the can too, right? Like that yeah. was probably made before Nomadland, actually. Yeah. Oh, probably. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I pro- and probably this was like one of those things where it's like, hey, make one of these, and we fund your other movies. That's what these yeah. some of these people do. It's like they make it a hand worked out pretty good for her. So, yeah. Kudos. But, and I will, and I'll watch the movie. And uh, I don't know, it looks like something I, I like or whatever. Yep. So. Eh. Whatever sounds good to me when I watch movies, <laughs> I get her yeah. again. I know what you mean, but actually, you know, it's kind of funny. So, like, so she made Eternals, which doesn't sound interesting to me. But then Ava Devernay is, is there uh, even Devernay a trailer of Eternals? Yeah, or anything? No, they just put out those weird, like, it, they weren't even like actual real pictures. They were like the concept art of the actors in the movie. I think that's all they ever put out. And then that yeah. one picture of Kumal Nyanjani with his uh, his roid belly. <laughs> Chloe Zhao is her name, by the way. Okay. I was just like, what yeah. is – yeah, I couldn't remember what her but, last name was. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's doing Eternals, which doesn't sound interesting to me. But then Ava DeVornay was going to do New Gods with DC, and then they just canceled that. And she she got nominated for Best Director too, didn't she? She didn't actually win, but she was nominated, I think. Uh, right? I, I think. What did she do? Well, I'll look it up. Ava Duvor- Duvornay. She, uh, Cl- right? Chloe Zhao likes her prairie tales. Prairie tales? Prairie tales are cool. That's what they are. Lots of prairie tales. Yeah, the... Oh, she was producer? The for... the, the writer and uh, songs my brothers taught me. Who? I think that's Montana or something, something like that. I think... Was that the movie that was shot in Montana? Am I fucking dumb? Probably. Yeah, you are, but probably. Yeah. That Ava DuVernay lady made Selma. And oh, I'm yeah. Pretty sure she, I'm pretty sure she was nominated, I think. The movie was nominated for sure, at least, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, fuck. Nominated for one Oscar. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. You, did you look up uh, Kumal Nyanjani's uh, steroid belly yet? or? No, uh, I was looking up the Pine Ridge. So it's uh, South Dakota. South Dakota. Ooh. Disgusting. That's how they talk there. Yeah. It's pretty damn close to Montana. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's almost right there. Mm-hmm. What Co- were you talking about? Uh, movies. Oh, for one. Cinema. Yeah. Sin. S-I-N. Ema. Enema. Do you get it? Sin enema. Do you get it? Justin Peterson. Yeah. Well, apparently art is not real. Hey, yeah, Jared and RJ, what's happening? It was a big coincidence. Uh, 
it was a big coincidence that I mentioned my email streak last week and you guys asked what it was up to. Well, accordingly to my rough math last week, it was my 100th email to the show. Holy fuck. That's, uh, that's uh, almost two years. Two two weeks since uh goddamn two-year streak. It's a hundred too many, you know. I think everyone emailing in should just go find something else. We're not worth the, the time. We're not. <laughs> So, in the spirit of F for fake, how did you con us all into forming Creeps Nation? I don't know. <laughs> Was it the butts and dumps? JD talking about his porn collection, maybe Twin no. Peaks The Return, or possibly even talking about Criterion movies? Who knows? But I am curious to hear what newcomers think about the Star Trek conversation takeover. Well, as discussed, Justin, <laughs> um, they're, 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 they're leaving. No one's coming. No one's staying. They're going. They're mm-hmm. they're they're vacating. I think I think we're just yeah. getting too uh too too deep. We're like re, re, it's turning into a technical manual for a show that no one's watching, and that's their mistake, frankly. I mean, if they didn't want a detailed description of fifteen-year-old uh, Voyager episodes, they shouldn't have signed up for a Criterion Collection podcast. They should have known that up front. Fools. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I F, imagine F for fools. F for fools, that's right. I imagine it was partially the butts and dumps and partially your pornos, mm-hmm. I think. Well, they're like porno. It's like maybe he's going to share some of that porno. Porno. Uh, I don't know. I guess I think that's a question for other people. But as you just stated, there's none left. So Yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> so I guess that question will just go on unanswered forever. Go oh, to well. movie question of the week. Having recently really enjoyed watching Mutiny on the Bounty, I am starting to think Clark Gable may be one of my favorite early Hollywood actors. What movies do you like him in? Hey, RJ, what movies do you like Clark Gable in? I don't know if I've ever even fucking seen a Clark Gable movie. Yeah, this is... uh... Nope. Nope. Yeah, good. That's what I figured. Uh, Not Not a single one. I don't know how much I'm going to be off by. Let's see here. I've watched four. Uh, Probably, right? uh, It happened one night. Gone with the Wind, uh, Mutiny on the Bounty, which I gave that, uh, uh, actually I gave that I gave that bad boy four stars. Wasn't that uh, DJT's uh, favorite movie, Mutiny on the Bounty? I don't know. Was it? I think he, wasn't he talking about that a while ago? I don't know. I know he's well, he, in, oh, fuck. He's a night nurse too. Yeah, I go with Mutiny on the Bounty. I guess because I've only seen four. I've never seen any of his movies, but Mogambo sounds pretty cool. Mogambo. Look at those silver. Look at those silver temples of his. Mogambo. I wonder what that movie is about. Mogambo. Uh, big game trapping in Kenya. Ooh, no, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> but Mogambo sounds cool. It's a fun word to say. But no, they're probably shooting real animals in that thing. That's that sounds depressing. Or, or it'll be footage of animals that were shot. You know, mm, maybe independent of the production itself. That too. I've changed my mind. I'm now going with Boomtown. 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 That sounds cool. Wasn't that a TV show? Maybe. Weren't we all a TV show? (laughs) Canceled ones. Mm, That too. Foodie question of the week. Mm-hmm. Now that summertime is right around the corner, what kinds of foods do you get a craving for when the weather heats up? Hot dogs. Anything on the grill is great, especially a couple of bratwurst. Yeah, hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Mm. Uh, what about you, dear? What's your favorite <sighs> summertime fi- uh, food? Watermelon, perhaps? Nope. Y- you, n- you never cut into a juicy melon? Uh, nah, nah, nah. 
Nah, nah, nah. None of that adds up. Not, not specifically, no. Uh, summertime food, eh? I mean, fuck. Like, the go-to would be, uh, like, carnival food, I suppose. Because that's a summertime Ooh. thing. Ele- and we've talked about this before, right? Elephant ears? Elephant ears. Yeah, that's our go-to. That, that's, like, late summer. Early summer? Yeah. I don't know. People get really, like, hot and bothered about uh, corn on the cob. But... Yeah. So... My mom was a big corn on the cob uh, fan, so we we ate that year round. So that's not like a summer thing for me very much. But uh, and again, I get I, like I eat burgers and hot dogs all year too. So that's not a summer thing for me either. <laughs> yeah. I just I'm always eating burgers uh, and hot dogs. Um, well, you know, uh, speaking of the carnival, uh, I was going uh-huh. for a walk around uh, one of the city lakes, and oh, yeah. it came upon a. A pod of people, some 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 individuals, yeah, and like the the precursor to this was being like just hit with the smell of cotton candy. Ugh! Oh, vape. That's yeah. I realized what was going yep. on because I didn't I didn't actually see the plume, but I smelled yep, I smelled it. cotton candy, and it really smelled like cotton candy. And I was like, yep. oh! And then these people came by and went, ah, <laughs> that's that's the smell you want to go for is carnival smell. And they and well, they and they yeah. looked and they looked it. They looked like they might be, uh, you know, on break. On break. No. Interesting. From fleecing the marks. Wow. Are were these buskers? No. No. Or, no. What? Oh, I see. No. 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 They, they just look like they're they look like they they work, but they work people. If you see what I'm saying. I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I uh, I too encountered a pod. Uh, I work uh close to a Burger King. And uh, <laughs> yesterday, I was, I was walking what, what, outside. So it, it was behind the Burger King where you were busking. I was. Busking it was at the. It was at the. It was. It was at the drive-through window. Like you're just like hanging yeah. out by the bushes, and they go, "Oh fuck, here he comes again!" And you're well, like, "Hey." I got chased away from the Pizza Hut. I can't go back there. They, they, they all, all the employees know me now. So I've, mm-hmm. I've migrated to the Burger King. Uh, but I, I encountered a. Uh, a group of about 10 uh, senior citizen uh, old men. They're all like 7, 65, <laughs> 70. About 10 of them on lawn chairs on the grass part of the Burger King because they're not allowed to mm. congregate inside to have their coffee, Jarrett. Yep. So they uh, they hang out outside the Burger King on the lawn. No masks? No. Fuck, okay. what are you, crazy? Old people don't wear masks. Well, they, they, well they might all be vaccinated now too. Oh, they probably were actually. They probably were. But hey, you know what? To their credit, they. Uh oh. In their little circle. W- whatever you said, uh, it's too hot for Skype. Well, fuck them then. Mm-hmm. I gave those old bastards a compliment, and if uh, Skype can't handle it, then <laughs> yeah. might it be gone? Well, they, they didn't. Yeah. Just, just, just to make sure people know, the vaccine's not a cure. No, Protect- but it, uh, it's a protective care- measure. Take care of yourselves. Yeah, take care of yourselves. Or, Don't listen or, to Joe or, Rogan. Or, or as. <laughs> Never listen to Joe Rogan. Don't listen to Joe Rogan. And Did you ever think, see that video where he's just talking about like, it sounds like he's talking about like indigenous people. He's like, he's like, they, they do all these amazing things with the land and they, they like put themselves into it and they like take back out and there's all this perfect balance. And then you think he's talking about like actual real people. And he's like, and this is the other thing about the Navi. He's like, let me tell you. And then you're just like the Navi. You're like, Are you talking about fucking Avatar? Avatar. man? <laughs> Like what? No. Anyways, Joe Rogan. Hey, he's got a platform, right? Yeah, well, that's the worst thing that can happen to someone. So, anyways, what were we talking about? 
Um, well, we I think we covered summer food. Oh, I don't think I even gave an answer. I don't, you know, I don't honestly. We said know. we said hot dogs, but then you, yeah, then, but then you corrected dogs. yourself saying you eat hot dogs all the time. I do. <laughs> so uh, I don't. I don't know, man. A barbecue like summer food. I just eat year round. Yeah. Like eat like pasta salad like whatever corn on the cob watermelon i just eat that shit all year i, I don't even have summer foods i just live in my living my life all, all the time jer you know game question of the week oh what board or card game do you think would make a great movie are you surprised there's not been a movie for magic the gathering by now thanks for the time creeps mm-hmm. and make and fake it proudly cheers Ooh, I like that. Well, I mean, that uh, Warcraft movie didn't work out so well, so I guess Magic probably wouldn't be as good. Magic would probably be better as, like, an HBO show, right? Hmm. I don't know anything about Magic cards other than it's for the Turbo nerds. I don't know. It's a very particular type of nerd that's into MTG. Yes, you got, exactly. Yeah, you got And to, I'm looking at the biggest one right now. Right now, I I, yeah. I played. I, I did a little bit of card flopping in my high school. Actually, I'm aware. Uh, junior high, and then high school, I kind of uh, tapped out because I found other nerdly things to pursue. But mm. uh, board or card games, boy oh boy, that leaves out minifigs, I guess. Though there are some miniatures for board games, but mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. I'm going to say Clue. Clue. Oh, well. The 1980s film. Already realized. We're safe that's bet. That's Very a, safe that's bet. That's a great movie and a great game. Huh. Thinking of how about a pan? How about a pandemic? Pandemic. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great one. Pandem- oh no. Pa- pandemic legacy. I think Soderberg made that. Yeah. There's a battleship was made into one. Uh-huh. Uh, where, 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 where is the long? Uh, hey, it's not settlers anymore. It's not settlers of Catan. It's just it's Catan? just it's just Catan. They dropped the settlers. They did. Was that like some kind of Facebook marketing thing? No, they just, they dropped it. I think that would actually make a great movie if you just focus on some dude trading supplies like goods and supplies like and that was the whole movie two hours of some guy isn't isn't that thieves highway yeah see it all makes sense that's why i like that movie so much i just want to see free uh, open markets yeah you want to embrace the free market but uh, some some, some worker placement games how about uh agricola or (laughs) Uh... lavra feast of feast Uh... feast for odin how about those those sound good right it's all about resource management. <laughs> Play tile placement. Yeah, those would be great that'd games. Be fantastic. Great Outstanding. Betrayal at uh, House on Haunted Hill. That'd be a cool uh, movie just based on name alone. Well, I mean, I guess like Pokemon is a, it was a video game and is a card game, but it's got it's got its movie. Yeah, I the movie was lackluster. Yeah, it, it lacked panache. 20 years too late. Well, no, I mean, Pokemon had an animated film. I saw that shit in theaters. Everybody where, cried. Where's some where's some live-action Digimon? Ooh, fuck. Digimon was serious shit, man. No. Digimon, like, that it's was, back. Like, with it's the ba- cool kids. It, it, it's back in card form. In card form? Yeah. Digimon's cool, man. I, I was on board with that. Yeah, Digimon. It's more relevant than ever. Digimon is cool. It's more relevant than ever. RJ Balog. <laughs> This is why our uh, viewership is going down. Yeah. Talking talking about them Digimons. You know, Digimon. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know, RJ. What about you? How about um, Fury of Dracula? Oh, fuck, that would be cool. I, I think I've mentioned before, hey, I, I've 
I've almost never been able to get anyone to play that game with me. I, I did once, and uh, the people did not like it because oh. there were too many rules. It's a hard sell, though. You want to play this Dracula game? Uh, what's it about? Well, it's one person versus everyone, and it's about a five-hour game. And then they go, mm, no. Actually, that's an oversell. I think it's like three hours, three or four. So there's a game called The Seventh Continent, which I think is essentially – it's it's pretty story-driven – that mm-hmm. it already is a movie, in mm-hmm. arguable narrative, so it just translates immediately over. But it, I think it would be a terrible movie, but that's something. I'm, I'm scrolling through a list of uh, board games. How, what about, how about King of Tokyo? There's about... no movies like that. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all? Not even close? No. How yeah. about... Oh, you, you distracted me. How about Brass, Birmingham? You want to learn about trains? <laughs> Fucking right, you want, I do. You want to move? You want to move trains? Let's get Ticket to Ride rolling as well at the same time, I yeah. guess. Or some eighteen XX games. You know what I'm talking about? There, board game lovers. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. How about Silk and Wheat Trading and Concordia? Cosmic I mean, Ac- actually, Cosmic Encounter would lend itself well to some sort of science fiction piece of shit. That'd be that'd be good. I've I've made up my mind. My answer is Yahtzee. Yahtzee. It's, it's just ripe. Ripe. It's ripe. It's it's ripe. No. Much like you and me. Currently. <laughs> yeah. Well, who could forget about Jumanji? That wasn't a real game though before. <laughs> wow. Wasn't. I thought it was though when I watched Jumanji. I was like, holy yeah. fuck, we better not buy. We better never buy this game. It's gonna ruin our lives. Yeah, we, I can't. I can't have a rhino running through my house. <laughs> Yeah, I did think that though. Another hot take from RJ. Skype's not liking it. God damn. I don't know. Stop trying. Ryan Alexander. Thanks, Justin. uh, Ryan Alexander with a Facebook message. Dear Jared and RJ. So I took the deep dive into Jared's recommendations, and now I know that Jared is a very disturbed man. Though I really love the movie Happiness, so I guess we we are in the same boat. Yikes. And for RJ, did you ever determine which species of feline is the fastest? Did I? Did I? No, no he didn't because he's having to like, search it up again. Fastest um, feline in the world. It, well, it says cheetahs, but I, I, I honestly, I don't think it is. I think it's an ocelot. Cheetah. I'm pretty sure it is. Like That's why that's why uh, spirit gamer Kojima put ocelot into his games because he was the fastest draw there is, right? We're relatively fast. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident. Well, what are you gonna call him, Revolver Cheetah? Come on. Well, yeah. See, that would be silly. Revolver. And you can't. Uh, sounds way cooler. You can't go with Perig- uh, Peregrine Falcon because that just sounds ridiculous. No. Ridiculous. Revolver Falcon. That's not too bad. I mean, that's fine. Falcon yeah, it looks Revolver. Like, it looks like it's the Cheetah, and they can run up to 120 kilometers an hour. That's pretty fast. <laughs> As fast as a car on the highway here, yeah. bud. Yeah, well, well just ahead of the cheetah, though, is the albatross, which I find surprising because those sons of bitches are bird or bird big. <laughs> big the bird. top 10 are all birds, and then we have cheetah, and then we have sailfish, which is interesting. Huh. And then uh, another bird, and then a swordfish, and then an ostrich, Jarrett. An ostrich is number 15 oh. in fastest animals. Look at those gams. Yeah, and then we got the pronghorn. That's a uh, Creepsville uh, local uh, fauna. Hashtag join the herd. 
Springbok? What do you think a Springbok is? I, I it's the 16th fastest animal in the world. It can uh, run 88 kilometers an hour. Hmm. Springbok. What do you think? Cat? It is like an antelope. Oh. Then there's okay. horse, uh, wildebeest, lion, and then a black buck. What do you think a black buck is? Uh, like a deer? Yeah. It's also like an antelope. Yeah. Apparently, the fastest invertebrate is the horsefly. 145 kilometers an hour? What the fuck? Flies can go that fast? They're going to, they're going to get you. <laughs> that's that's real fast, man. Yeah, that's pretty quick. P.S. I, f- I yeah. found the spaghetti scene in Gummo to be more off-putting than the gratuitous killing of cats. Uh, I mean, that's just like his opinion, man. Mm-hmm. You know, that, it's that it's the it's, it's the it's the water for me. Oh, yeah, the water's a little bit uh, unappetizing. Yeah, I guess is one way to put that. Yeah, yeah. the movie really taps in to a uh, a lot of things. The uh, fastest reptile in the world is a uh, parentai, and it can go. It's like a huge lizard. It can go 40 kilometers an hour. If this son of a bitch was coming down on you, Jared, you would shit your pants. I'm not even kidding. This thing's fucking huge. It's like a Komodo dragon. What else we got here? <laughs> Are you interested in this? Um, Here's an interesting one. The fastest mammal is the uh, Mexican free-tailed bat, 160 kilometers an hour. That's fucking crazy. That's pretty fast. Jarrett? Crazed. Wombats can go forty kilometers an hour. That can't that can't be true. A wombat? Maybe this is why our listenership is leaving. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to get to the next the last email here. Well, who's that one from? Sam Sanchez. Holy cow! Sam number two back in action with an email entitled "Double Dose." Ooh. Hey guys. Missed a week of emailing in and actually also listening, so I'm a week behind, but decided to chime in this week since this past weekend I received my second dose of the vaccine and Damn. fully recovered now from about 36 hours or so of fatigue and soreness afterwards. Huh. Ooh, shit. I wonder, uh, Sam, you got to let me know, did your taste and smell come? Or, well, actually, that might be too soon. Give it about a month after your second dose. Let me know if your smell comes back. I'm interested. I'm invested. <laughs> Got the second dose on Friday midday. Felt well enough to work afterward. However, didn't feel well enough the following days. By Sunday morning, though, all was back to normal and fully dosed up with that vax. So that's oh. good. That's... Vaxed and waxed, baby. Mm-hmm. That's the new thing, in case you were wondering, right? Last time I wrote in, I talked about egregious encroachment on your territory by that rival podcast from your Canadian neighbors up there and was mm-hmm. asked what I'm going to do about it. Well, I guess what <laughs> I did about it was download and listen to their first installment of Criterionitis on Come and See and now look bitch. forward to the next one on The Third Man. I suppose when they fully embark on that threatened Star Trek of theirs, I'll probably just follow suit with what I do with the creeps here and just let it play and stare blankly until it finishes. <laughs> I'm a coward. I apologize. I mean, it's one of those things. It's I'm not really mad, but I do have a list of the ways that he's disappointed me. And he's going to hear them all. Number one, <laughs> do something. Make a, make us popular. I don't know how else I can say this. <laughs> what? Well, I think I think we're kind of uh, undermining that attempt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well you know, by, with, by with, asking with, for it? With the Star Trek doc. I don't know. 
Ah, well, whatever. That's a that's for us. That's for you for us, Jared. For you and I. Yeah. yeah. So fuck them. Well, not Sam, but like you know. It was Oscars weekend, and this might be the first time in like 15 years I paid zero attention to the actual show. And outside of hearing some vague stuff about controversies and knowing what won Best Picture, it was probably the least I paid attention even afterward. Probably probably didn't help that it's the first time I've had to work Oscar night since I can remember, so I'm sure that played a part. I'm sure you may have talked about it in the preamble. If not, what did I miss, yo? Highlights. Give me the Oscar scoops. Uh, I gotta, I gotta level with him. Uh, this is the first time in probably 10 years. I didn't watch. I didn't, I, I, I could have, I had time, but, uh, I said, fuck it. I'm not going to watch it this year. I don't give a shit. So first time for me in about 10 years, but I did see a hashtag trending call. Uh, it was, uh, butt from Glenn Close. It was just debut. And I was like, I feel like they're infringing on our territory now too. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah, they're Everyone's in. just copying our stuff and making it <laughs> having better success. Uh, so my experience of the Oscars was, I think at some point Sunday evening, I popped on the Twitter and I saw Justin Peterson tweeting about it and I was like, Oh, right. The Oscars. Huh. Mm -hmm. And then I like just kind of forgot about it completely. And, um, then I saw some other tweets about from other people about, Oh, that's why you put the best picture on last. And I was like, why would you not put the best picture on last? And I didn't realize that was a thing. So I, I did hear about I, apparently what, well, I mean, this is hearsay, but apparently what, what the intended result of that was. So like they didn't leave it last because apparently they thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win best actor, like posthumously. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, like that too, like, and, and then he didn't end up winning, and then yeah. they're all, and then it just cut to black. Apparently, they're like Anthony Hopkins, and he was at home sleeping; he wasn't even there. So yeah. they're like, "Okay, that's it." And then they just fucking cut to black. Um, but like, I feel like that's so weird too that they're like they were stacking the deck already. They're like, "Well, he died, so he should probably win." And it's just like, he's not gonna know. <laughs> and he didn't. Like, did and he didn't. So and like, I I'm not. Not to be cold or anything, but it's just like uh, you know. I, I don't R- think dying warrants winning wow. just just because. Wow, <laughs> RJ. You know, it's it's interesting. I, when I was uh, putting together the supercut of DS9, uh-huh. uh, I, I did stumble across some of your uh, cold words toward one Chad. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Well, all it was, and it's not even him. It's just in general, when, like, I don't know, there there would be certain public figures you want to grab the shovel for you yeah dig that hole certain public figures that when they die it's like oh i'd be sad like when stephen king dies (laughs) i won't be sad (laughs) of course he would but there's other ones where it's just like just casual actors and things like that like when they die it's like i don't know them i don't have any personal connection to them am i supposed to feel bad i don't know maybe that's maybe i'm a bad guy i don't i don't know i just it's like like say like Kobe when Kobe died I was like yeah that sucks man he was cool but like I, I remember people were like oh man I'm crying and it's like why it's like did you mm. know him did you Weird. hang out with him like I'm, I'm detecting a theme emerging RJ well Kobe well well even say okay let's go with uh, <laughs> Werner Herzog when Werner Herzog dies I'm gonna go shit man that sucks too bad mm. when uh Amy Poehler dies I'll go oh that sucks man it's too bad but like, I don't know her. I'm not like her family. I, like, I'm not gonna get broken up when she dies. Do you know what I mean? 
when you uh, when you get vaccinated, RJ, which yeah. I guess you did, I, did you uh, tweet about how you were in tears and so grateful? No, because I'm an <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> okay, all right, there we go. I I don't need to. Oops. Other than this podcast, I don't need to advertise my my life. And again, like. I understand that I am a cold, callous person in that well, sense. When, when, I don't need to when, share when, myself with when, other people. When certain people die. Yeah. And then when others die, you you're, you're, you don't care. Well, I don't know. Did I uh, – well, I, I mean I did I did uh, put out a memoriam for DMX when he passed about there you a go. month ago. There you because go, that was one that I did care about. I was like, you know, I care about DMX. But at the same time, it's like I didn't cry. I didn't know him. But I was like, man, it sucks that X is gone. Hmm. It's too bad. Th- that's where my line is. DMX going? Oh, that's sad. Chadwick Boseman? It's like, I don't know. I don't even know this dude. I don't. I couldn't even tell you any movies I've seen him in other than like one Marvel movie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that dude. Like, <laughs> uh, let's just continue on. Okay. Also, um, I greatly enjoyed Jarrett's continued pronunciation of David. Erlich as David Ooh. Elric. See, this makes way better as Elric because I don't care what his name is. is it uh, David Elric uh, right. is it's David Erlich. Sure, it is. Who? I just ignore. I just ignore the words I don't like. Oh, well, yeah. So when he dies, are you going to be sad? <laughs> sad is when Gene Siskel died. See, I don't, I don't care about Gene Siskel. You know who else died? Orson Welles. I don't give a shit. He was old. He was old. Well, how old was he? I don't know. Probably fucking like 80. (laughs) How how old do you actually know how old he was when he died? I don't. Well, I'll look it up. I'm just wondering. uh, Are you just assuming he was uh? I'm just assuming he was like 80. I don't know. See, this is what I mean. I didn't know him personally. Anthony Hopkins, too. 70. 70 years old. 70 years young. How old is Anthony Hopkins? Uh, I think older than 70. 90? The Hop Man? I think he's 90. Uh, survey says 83. Yeah. So he's pretty old. When he dies, it's too bad. I, I just saw when I looked up Anthony Hopkins, Chadwick Boseman's family defends Anthony Hopkins. What? It, what Chad, is he? What Ch- is it? Chadwick Boseman's brother on Anthony Hopkins win. It's not a snub. See, this is what I'm talking about, Jerry. See? Why? Why would anyone be going after Anthony Hopkins? He didn't. Dis- he didn't vote for himself. Like, do you know what I mean? Or did he? he? Well, he might have, but I mean, it's like it's not his fault that Chadwick Boseman didn't win. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. You got that off your chest? Well, I didn't realize it was there. I just. I mean, I. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, you know what I mean? I... <laughs> Last and definitely, yes, thank you. Last and definitely not least, baseball talk. Oh, baby. Angels falling back to down to mediocrity, though Angels have played a part. 
Mike Trout and Shohei Otani continue to play great, though, to be to the extent that both rank number one and number two in odds to being the MVP of their league. Kind of sucks that the Angels possibly have the best two players in the league, but still struggle to win games because of how bad the pitching is. And last time I wrote in, I abbreviated a stat as HRs, assuming Jarrett would know what I was talking about. That's on me, mm-hmm. boys. I will never assume that anymore going forward. For future references, mm-hmm. HRs equals home runs. You didn't o- know about the dingers, Jarrett? Over the coming season, I'll see to it that Jarrett fully understands all of the following. RBIs, WIP, BB, OBP, that's my favorite musician, OPS, mm-hmm. T, little T, Ops, ERA, ERA Plus, WAR, FIP, mm-hmm. XFIP, WOBA, and BABIP. <laughs> and maybe next year I'll dig a little deeper. All right, guys, I don't think I have anything else. Bring on May. Jared, what do you think BABIP stands for? <laughs> B- baseball, our baseball is played. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. What about RBIs? Uh, runs baseball intrepids you're pretty close yeah. runs brought in that's yeah. nice it's, yeah you weren't far off mm-hmm. you weren't far off nice 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 tell me more about baseball Jarrett. uh that's that's my update i have nothing else to go off of okay are I, you still anti mike trout or <laughs> i i i uh have only hardened oh, wow yeah I, interesting i know I have less of an opinion of him now, but I, my heart is hardened. Okay. All right. Well, uh, hey, listen, take it from me. Once you say something, it's out there forever, okay? I know. I've just said things. They're going to be out there forever. So one time, Mike, one day Mike Trout might hear this. Yeah, he's a so, big you know Criterion what? fan. He might. He might be. <sighs> he's going to tune in. Know. What do these boys have to say about F for fake? Yep. And he'll just be like, why is this guy hating on me for no reason? Well, God damn it, RJ. Yeah. We've been talking over an hour. We just finished emails. It's like the old days are back. Uh, Pre-Star Trek days. <laughs> Speaking of things we've been watching. Oh, hey, RJ. Mm-hmm. What you been creeping on? Well, do you want me to tell you about bringing down the house? Uh, right. Right. I, I, I don't need to tell you about bringing down the house. Other than... Queen Latifah was a, uh, a legitimate lady. I think she produced that one too. She's good in that. Steve Martin is uh, a little questionable, but uh, I, I was gonna try to pull it up, but Letterboxd is down, so oh, I guess fuck it. <laughs> oh well, I can tell you about Star Trek though, unless you want to tell me about Star Trek. Hmm. Well, RJ, I'm uh, in the home stretch. I'm five episodes into season seven. Will I be able to finish up 21 episodes before Fred Olin May? Is that is that possible? Mm. I don't think it is. I, I watched 20 episodes in a week once. Oh, well, no, that's not that's not the issue. It's it's uh in days. Like I'd have to finish it in 3 days and I already know that I mean, after I've edited this, I'll maybe fit a couple in. I gotta finish off watching Gambit, which is about Picard as a space pirate. You know, you know about mm. this? It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I ain't hearing about it. And honestly, it just sounds like an excuse. 
Uh, maybe, maybe it is. It's my own feeling, but, uh, you know, who has not improved once. And I will say, uh, I think we were talking a little bit this about off, off air a little bit. Uh, you can definitely feel by season seven, everyone's pretty comfortable, if not just entirely checked out because they Mm -hmm. want, they want the series to be done. And this is it. They're like, Oh, finally we'll Mm -hmm. we'll do some movies once in a while, but we can live our lives again. But, uh, everyone's kind of pretty like phoning it in no more, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart and even Brent Spiner, their material is not as good or they themselves are kind of like indifferent. Mm-hmm. But man, you know who's never improved one bit? Marina Sirtis. She is, she well, is, she is definitely the weakest link of uh, the, 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 the core crew. The writing No, but even when they try, like she's like, she's got some really strange delivery. Oh and, yeah. She's and, a, she's a strange lady. I'm not sure if she just doesn't do a very good English like or whatever you call it, American English uh, accent very French? well. She's English, English, U- English, U- UK English, I believe. Oh, okay. Because she has this way of speaking that she's trying to hide it, and you're like, like this. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, where she's, she's from. a little bit weird. And you know what I've noticed in Voyager is they're trying to make Cass into a. Oh, she, uh, see, she is a, a British Greek American. British Greek. Yeah. Huh. Weird. Uh, I would have never known. She was born in Hackney, London. What? You're from London, in it. Her parents are the daughter of Greek parents. So that's cool. There you Do you go. think she uh, ate a lot of olives? Uh, they might have had a couple, some cans of olives, some jars. That's that thing. Like, uh, you ever seen that meme where it's it's not racist if it's against Italians? Same with the Greeks. Right. Yeah, it's okay uh, to talk about Greeks. I, I understand. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm hearing you. But yes, yeah, she, man, I don't know. I not don't know great? What, not good. Not good. But I know. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? But it's... hey, uh, season five, though, was not very good. Season six, though, that was like prime Star Trek for me. That's when uh, when I was a kid. I was like so into that show. Excited mm. every week when the new episodes were airing at the time. Mm-hmm. The, that's the one that you that remember most ch- or? chain of command chain of command's pretty cool dude that that yeah part two because part one i mean once you get past like the absurdity that all well, patrick yeah uh, patrick picard is the only person who could possibly go on this dangerous mission like yeah. what, what's the value oh because he's the only one and that's the only reason to get him into the situation but it gets into that episode which is i think the best episode of the series how many lights four Jared, how many lights? No, no, David Warner, leave me alone. How many? I am the bat. I I was the scientist in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now tell me how many lights? And and a couple Klingons and a guy from um, something else. Final Frontier. He's been a few yeah. dudes. Yeah, he's been he's been there a little bit. His voice is just very recognizable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very very much so. Very recognizable. And so you're almost through. I'm almost through. Uh, well, me, I'm not, yeah, I'm usually not been a fan of those two parters though of late. They're they always just feel extended artificially, like the birthright yeah. episode where you get the thing where like Data's having dreams and he and you're like, oh, that's it's like total filler. <laughs> I like all, the Data dream episode. Well, that yeah, it's it's a self-contained episode that would have been good, but they were trying to create a theme of both both fathers and sons because then they did the mm. Worf looking for his dead dad on the. Romulan prison oh. camp with Klingons and then it's just like 
oh, these people want to stay here. It's like, that was not not great. And you go, why? Why, though? Yeah, but that was also followed up by uh, Picard Die Hard. Die Hard Picard? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that was a decent episode. And then that episode is then followed up by uh, the obvious romantic interest that is there that you think is there who's just going to die to make Picard sad. But then it's like the fake out that, no, she's going to live. But at the same time, the relationship's just not going to work. Picard's married to his ship and duty. And, and she's married to, to her duty. Not going to happen. Well, when are they ever going to figure it out, Jared? <laughs> I don't think they did. They, well, we'll have, to watch, we'll have to watch Picard. Find out. I, I guess, yeah. But I think I'm probably about two years out from that. I, it depends on what you do with your life. Well, you're looking at it, dude. Well, I mean, you're probably, what, halfway through uh, Voyager? Uh, I'm almost at the end of season three. But that's going to stop in three days, too, right? That's so. true. Okay, so you stall out a bit there. So yeah. you've got that, you have Enterprise, and then you're going to watch Discovery? Yeah. Or, I, I think mean, you kind of have to. I, I think you just skip right to Picard. Well, I could do Picard and then go back yeah. and then do Discovery and then the new one that's going to start coming out next next year or whatever. Yeah, the, uh, the Pike Brave Show. New Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, I'm. why do they keep doing prequels? Like, Well, Picard's than, not. Yeah. Because yeah, I, 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 but... I think the other week or a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how it, it stalled out and they haven't really explored. But I totally yeah. forgot Picard existed. And it's I like, did too. But I think it's just because no, like, people seem to have real – strong opinions on that and uh i guess we'll see well, he's coming back which i'm excited for that's, that, which, that'd that, be very cool that is pretty cool and I, and i believe q as well yes which i'm like oh man like i thought that would be an obvious thing for season one but i guess you'd want to save that for season two but i mean i they, there is kind of the uncomfortable thing that they also are dealing with patrick stewart who's not a young man mm-hmm. well he stew's pretty old too he's he's old he's it's probably not long for this world. Wow. I, I was trying not to say it like that. But I mean, well, you know what, though? He's 80. He's nah, young, that's he's, not too bad. He's young, younger than Anthony Hopkins. Well, there you go. Who just I'll won say, another Academy Award. I'll say when P. Stu dies, I'd be like, oh, that's too bad. But when Whoopi dies, man, you better watch out. I'm going to be like a freight train coming through this place, Jarrett. That's a real one. That's a you real know, one. You know Whoopi? Actually, we, we, we don't have time to talk about this, but Jarrett sent me a link about how uh, Whoopi was put onto Star Trek TNG, and uh, I encourage you guys all to go read that. It's a pretty wild story. No. Very, I didn't know. It's very inspirational. It her, is. Her, her love for Star Trek. She's a cool lady, man. Yeah. She's a cool, cool yeah, lady. The, the impact of Uhura. I mean, she's got a good point. It's about a representation, right? That's right. And and then and then in Voyager we have two Vicks, which kind of <laughs> hey, two, which is a whole and, uh, other <laughs> the two Tuvok guy showed up uh, in Die Hard episode too. He's the first dude to get killed. Yeah, he he uh whatever that guy's name is, I don't even know his real name. <laughs> you, you, it's like it's not like you see the credits every episode. Uh does does yeah. any, does anyone know anyone's name on that goddamn show? I know Robert Duncan McNeil because I think uh, Tom Paris is just. <laughs> You've really Just, got it out for him. Tim Russ, RJ. Tim Russ, yes. Never, never forget. Tim well, now that Russ. you say it, I remember it. Speaking of, too, I actually I actually really like the Voyager uh, intro song. Yes. It's, like, uplifting, and, like, 
it just it just it just hits. It's like, ooh, this is a good this is a good intro. I like this. It is pretty good. It's that, not as pompous is that, as uh, DS9. Is is that a uh, another Jay Chataway cut though? I wonder. The the intro song? Yeah, is that Jake? It's usually it seems like uh, Jay Chataway is the Chakotay. Chataway. Oh, not Chakotay. Not Chakotay. There was there was like an Admiral Chakotay on an episode of uh, TNG too, and it's compl- lots of, and it's just like a guy. There's lots of names that come back. It's like I said, like they mentioned Janeway in like season two or something like that. But uh, I think yeah, it's just a name. Whoa, yeah, just Jay, a name. Jay Chataway. Hello. What is he? Uh, is, is he giving you Mike Trout vibes or what? No, <laughs> this is a different kind. Let's see here. So what do we got here? What do we got here? Oh yeah, your note. Can't say that. Can't ruin it all. Oh, are you sending it to me uh, via yeah. Skype? Yes. Okay. Let's see. Uh... Uh, I mean, it's right there immediately. It's in the preview picture. Oh. Really. <laughs> he looks like um, Sam Elliott a little bit, mixed with. Uh... But that Donald hair, Sutherland. Yeah, it is, and he's got quite the swoop. Oof! Yeah, he is a uh, imposing figure. Yeah, he's gonna get you. Physically and emotionally imposing, I believe. Ugh. <laughs> he's a, he, so anyway. He's a silver fox. Well, not the silver fox. No. Hey, we never mentioned pandemic uh, has ruined silver fox for us. Not ruined him, but like. We don't get to see that guy anymore. That's too bad. It's true. It's a bummer. It's too bad. So, uh, you, uh, yes. you, you, are you going to do it? Yeah, that's my that's my next generation talk. I'm keeping okay. it short because okay. we got to well, hear. Would you like me to keep this short as well? Well, go on. I, I can go, go as long or short as you need, man. Well, we'll see. You bet. You go. You jump on it. All right. So. Back in the Voyager here. Uh, we we did uh, first half of season two last week. We so uh, I'm on 214. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I wrote here, and I was a little confused for a second. I was like, what the fuck was I talking about? But uh, 214, evil smile guy, three out of four stars, Jarrett. So actually a pretty good episode. So this is Alliances. And uh Janeway is trying to make kind of an alliance with the Kazon, which are the worst characters in the Star Trek franchise. Uh, she's trying to make an alliance with them by teaming up with uh, these other people. They're not Kazon, but they're in like the system and the Kazon and these other people don't get along. So Janeway is like these other people like introduce themselves and it's just like this old dude. And he's just like, he's like, we keep trying to help him, but they, they won't accept our help. And she's like, well, she's like, seems like you mean well, let's have a meeting. And then she makes a big meeting, and then she realizes that this old dude is setting it up to kill all of the Kazon. And then uh, I, I realized what the evil smile was. She's just like, wait a minute, you set this up. And then it's like the the camera's like at the guy's back, and he just kind of like turns his head like a little bit over his shoulder, and then is like a really like like a really like oopsie like smile. This <laughs> and is I like, thought, it's kind of like Satan Baby from uh, Passion of the Christ. It's a little bit like that. It's a little bit more mischievous, though. Kind of like, oops, did ain't, I do that? Ain't I a stinker? Ain't I a stinker? Uh, and I thought that was super funny. Uh, but this episode's not bad. It's about diplomacy, Jared. Well, the the in 2020, the digital fix said this was the worst episode in season two. Alliances? Yeah. And felt Are that it was... Are not threshold? A, 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 uh, nope. That, this is alliances. It was wow. a mess from beginning to end. 
No, nah, it was fine. <laughs> I thought it was fine. Okay. I don't know. Well, tell me about Threshold. All right, Jared. 215. Uh, oh, wow. I saw a, a thumbnail. A mutated Paris kidnaps Janeway in the Warp 10 shuttle. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I, I, I got to tell you some stuff, okay, Jared? Yeah. 215 is an episode called Threshold. It is one of the uh, bottom 10 rated episodes of Star Trek in the franchise. Not even just the series, Jared. In the franchise. This is one of the worst uh, worst rated episodes of Star Trek. My review for episode 215 is Bloat Daddy, four out of four stars, baby. <laughs> Tom, this episode, Par- Tom, okay. Yeah. Holy fuck, man. Tom Paris breaks the transport barrier in the shuttlecraft Cochrane, designed to reach warp 10, but quick, quickly evolves into a salamander. This episode will blow your fucking mind <laughs> i watched this like late i this was like when i was still in quarantine and it was like late on a saturday night or something like that i had a f- couple soda pops or something like that you know and I, I just threw this thing on just like casually i was like i'll just watch this one and then go to bed or whatever and then i was watching it and i was like i was like whoa 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 what is going on so tom paris is going warp 10 which has never happened but uh, they're like, well, if we can go warp 10, we'd be home to Earth in like a year instead of like 70 years. That's like the benefit of warp 10. But they're like, but no one's ever done it. No one's ever survived. So they send Tom Paris in there. And then when he gets out, he starts mutating. <laughs> and it, it goes full like uh, David Cronenberg. Yeah, the fly. fly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize that going in there. I was just watching this mutated Tom Paris, like walking around, drilling on people. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. I was like, I, th- this episode came out of nowhere. Uh, and in my mind, I was like, could you imagine the balls if they had actually killed off Tom Paris in this episode? Cause that's what they're like leading up to. So he's like mutating and all this stuff. And he's going like, he's becoming like unhinged and uh, it actually really reminded me of uh, the jaunt that Stephen King story where it's like we're keeping your eyes open like during warp and you see like all of the nightmares of uh, existence that's what I thought this episode was like uh, and my only knock against it is so he kidnaps Janeway and takes her to warp 10 so she can see and I was like oh I was like mm beautiful i love that uh but then they become uh like salamander people uh and then they have babies but it really casually blows off like the evolution space rape that just happened where it's like tom paris kidnaps her turns her into a lizard and then procreates with her and i was like that's (laughs) i was like that's a little bit i i don't mind that they became lizards i was like that's cool i'm on board for that but the fact that they had babies i was like uh I was like, that's a little questionable because I don't think there was consent involved in that one. Um, That's the only knock I have against this. Uh, And then I went after I watched it, I pulled up the IMDb here and I was like five out of 10 stars. I was like, what? And then I I looked in that this is like one of the most wildly disliked episodes of Voyager and Star Trek. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, this episode is fucking awesome. I I like this thing. I, I recommend everybody watches it. You want a little bit of altered states, a little bit, a little bit of uh, fly action. 
you, you got you got an episode right here. Uh, I, I was just kind of skimming through the Wikipedia page on this episode, and there's a accepted paper subheading here. In 2018, a biologist and fan of Star Trek wrote up a research paper based on this episode. He submitted it to 10 open access journals known or suspected of charging fees without providing services such as peer review and vetting of the paper's claims. Four accepted the paper, and one, the American Research Journal of Biosciences, published it. The science in this episode, as well as this journal publication, are discussed in an educational video. I, I'm, I'm totally on board. This episode's great, Jared. This is the first four out of four stars, I believe, for a Voyager for me. By the way, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Yeah. So does, uh, does this sound interesting? Yeah. To you, or I mean, you think if this is a, a rip. Yeah, this is on yeah on space.com, you know, the bastion of accuracy. Yeah. Uh, fake science paper about Star Trek and warp time was accepted by predatory journals. <laughs> predatory journals? Pre- yeah. Like in, how are the journals predatory? Like the, Cause they'll they, take, they're, they they're, take they're just money? taking your money. Yep. Yeah. It's like self-publishing, right? Uh, a little bit. Hmm. Kind well, of. I mean, I guess like self-publishing, you're like just you know you're getting your thing published, but this makes you go, yeah, yeah, we're legit. We'll publish it. You'll get like some fake uh, cred for it, and then you can claim you're a pub or a uh, like journal published author. I now, guess. Now the question is, is did they actually name this guy at any point in this? The lizard man? No, like this article. Oh, I don't know. But apparently there was uh, toys made out of this episode, which is pretty cool. I'd like to get my hand on some of those. Okay, so there's like – it's questionable. This is this could be a bunch of bullshit too, this uh, this claim. Because there's a lot yeah. of like – because the person who submitted it was called Biotrekkie. And, so and the, the, journal, that... the, the journal declined to respond to questions. This could be too good to be true territory. This could be some urban myths. Uh, Maybe. No. I don't know. It sounds a little bit suspect to me. Sound, yeah, it sounds a little bit like, aha, experts. Well, all I know is that this was the first episode of Voyager that I genuinely liked. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. I was like, what a great episode. And then I learned that it was like one of the most hated ones. And I went, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> but I hope I, I encourage you to check it out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it under advisement. That's, it's at my fingertips. So do you want to hear anything else about... Uh... Nope. Okay. All right, Jared. Uh, 416, the episode that I shit my pants. Four out of four stars. <laughs> Two in a row. Two in a row, which is just unbelievable. I legitimately shit my pants when this episode started. Legitimately. I legitimately, like, I had to go to the bathroom. So, wow, uh, you, so you to take care of it. So this is Meld. And this episode is plain, and I didn't see the credits. Uh, like, I wasn't paying attention, or actually, maybe it was before the credits. But I was watching, and then in the background, I go, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Wait wait now. Just wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Who is that? And I rewound, and I said, holy shit. Brad Dourif. <laughs> and I shit my pants, Jared, because I was like, I was like, I had no idea. I had no idea. And if you had mentioned, like, sometime in the last two years that Brad Dourif was on an episode of Star Trek, I probably forgot. I had no idea he was in this thing. And I just saw him in the background, and I was like, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that Brad Dourif in the background? And then I saw his name in the credits, and I lost it. 
Uh, and I wasn't sure what was going to go, what was going to happen with him. But uh, Brad Dourif plays a telepathic uh, space murderer. So this is the Silence of the Lambs <laughs> the, episode. The best kind. Yeah. Well, he's a, um, uh, what's uh, Deanna Troy? Uh, uh, Betazoid. Betazoid, yeah. Yeah. So he's a Betazoid. Where are the Alphazoids? Uh, Am I right? Wow. Wow. Get that shovel back out. Uh, so he's a he's a murderer. He's a Betazoid, though, so he can, like, he knows about, the, like, what people are thinking. And this is the Silence of the Lambs episode for Voyager. Uh, but every, every Star Trek gets one. Everyone gets one. Um, and the whole thing here is that Tuvok melds with him, and then Tuvok becomes a murderess as well. Uh, it's great, man. Um, mostly just because Brad Dourif is so good he is so like i don't know how to describe him like his presence in this show is just like it completely changes voyager like nothing out they've never done anything like this in this show up to this point like brad Dourif's energy that he brings to it it's like jeffrey coombs it's just like it's like this is what star trek needs is guys like this um but it's it's great man this episode is really good like, uh, just because of Brad Dourif, but, uh, him and Tuvok, like, I know you're not a big Tuvok guy, but, uh, the, the kind of play off of each other, um, is also real good. Very good, man. I can't recommend it enough. Only bad things in here is, uh, I, I had a note that said Tom Paris sucks a lot. So I can't remember what he was doing, <laughs> but apparently he sucked a lot yeah. in this. Uh, and then there's mention of a criminal record in this, which I found strange. I was like, I don't know if they've ever mentioned like something like that in Star Trek world before. They're like, he has a criminal record. And I was like, a criminal record? It's like, that's sure. a weird thing to isn't, say. Isn't that something they would bring up on DS9 all the time? See, that's what I thought. But it, like, it stuck out to me. I was just like, I don't remember ever hearing something like that. So anyways, this episode was great, Jared. Have you ever seen the Brad Dourif uh, Voyager episode? If I have, uh, it was long before I was aware of Brad Dourif as like, okay. like uh, as Brad Dourif. Yeah, he uh, he comes back two other times, but this is the big one. This is the introduction. So very nice, very nice. How you doing over there? You want some more episodes? We okay. talked a lot about uh, space reptiles. Well, I mean, we might as well finish up season two because I don't know, I don't know where we're at with Trek at for the next month. Uh, I don't even know what we're going to be talking about for the preambles. Our episodes might be getting short because we can't talk about Fred Hole and Ray. That's true. That's true. So we'll be we'll be short. Uh, okay, I'll blow through a few more now. But yeah, Brad Dourif episode, great. Uh, Two seventeen. Torres is a war criminal and Paris is a sympathizer. This is a high two. Okay. So this episode is called Dreadnought, uh, and uh, Belena. When she was part of the Maquis, she made this like super weapon ship that can't be destroyed, and it is somehow in uh, the Delta Quadrant, which happens a lot more than you think. They run into people who have are from the Alpha Quadrant a lot. Um, so she makes a ship that can't be destroyed, and uh, I can't remember why, but uh, for some reason I was like, oh, she's a war criminal. But then Tom Paris comes in and he's just like, I don't know, he like tries to say that it's okay to kill people, and I was just like. That's weird. It's a weird thing to do. It's a high two. It's not a bad episode, but I, uh, I found what they're doing with the characters. I was like, I don't know if I was like, I don't know if this ha having the effect that they thought it would. I was like, this mm. is turning me against these people. <laughs> so not good. Uh, two eighteen. 
uh, Horny Riker is back, baby. <gasps> four out of four stars. What? This is uh, Death Wish. It's a Q episode, Jarrett. It's actually, it's so this is really good. Oh, hey, Dreadnought was directed by LeVar Burton. Yeah, it's it's a good episode. It's just like um, it's put together really nicely. But uh, it's like I said, I don't the character development there. It's like this is weird. It's like I'm not liking these guys now. But 218 is a Q episode. Uh, and I actually like this quite a bit. Uh, this episode implies that Isaac Newton was Jack the Ripper, which is strange. Uh, Horny Riker is back. Q is back. Q belittles women a little bit in this one, uh, which is not the four out of fours. But uh, they encounter someone who is a different person of the Q continuum. And he wants to die, Jarrett. He wants to commit suicide. But the Q won't let him. Does this begin uh, Q's uh, love of uh, yeah. Captain Janeway? Nice. Yeah. yeah so this, is, uh, this begins where he's trying to, uh, to bone down. I prefer woo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, this is a good episode. Uh, you see the Q continuum, and it's just shown as an old gas station with, like, two old people there. And I was like, huh. It's not really what I had in mind, but okay. I didn't I didn't love that part. Four is probably a little too generous. This is a, a high three, to be honest. But okay. uh, it's a it's a good episode. You got some Q stuff. Uh, I, did, I do like... It's basically just a... Uh, a petition to for pro uh, su- suicide, I guess. Medical assisted, kind of. Where well, they make Janeway the judge. They're they're like, should we allow this guy to kill himself? And she's like, yeah, maybe. So I was like, all right, it's not bad, or uh, it's it's a good episode. I liked it. It's Death Wish. Nice, Jarrett. And then yeah, and Horny Riker's there for like a minute, and then he goes away. Right. But I always like him. Uh, 219. Tom Paris is lazy. Two out of four stars. <laughs> oh, also the Dr. Sims. Uh, so this is life signs. So a new alien species comes on. They have the phage, which is just what everyone has in Voyager, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the doctor falls in love with her. Um, Oh, and this is this is the beginning of a lazy piece of shit, Tom Paris. Which later there's there's more to it, but he's just he's just being a fucking asshole. And I was like, you're not doing this guy any favors, like writing him like this. Where his whole thing is uh, starting in this episode, he's like showing up late to shifts. He questions Chakotay all the time, and you're just like, Tom Paris is an asshole. It's like, why why is he even on this ship? I don't get it. It comes back later, but this is where it starts, and you're just like, man, this dude is not good. No. You know what I mean, Jared? I hear you. Okay, uh, 220. Uh, what do I have here? 90 sweat. One out of four stars. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have a lot about this episode. Oh, this is investigations. Lord. Oh, Lord. Yeah, uh, all I know is like the, first sen- the one sentence of this on Wikipedia is, Neelix tries to flush, and I went... The toilet and the flush out the traitor on board who's been colluding with the Kazon Nistra. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they think. Uh, so in this one, I also put the office Neelix, uh, and then I put fuck off Neelix broadcast, and then I put uh, this office drama is bullshit, would never happen in the world. These are all of my freeform thoughts. I put the future Federation would never allow tabloids. Uh, you're not going to tell Chakotay what's going on. Where's Torres? Ne- Neelix is space Joe Dirt. Uh, I had a lot to say here. 
Clearly. Uh, Neelix starts a tabloid uh, that is broadcasted across the ship every morning. It's like the Neelix hour. And I was just oh. like, there's, I was like, there's no way they would do, they would let that fly because it's like, that's goes against everything they stand for because he just drums up like random acquisitions. He's like, could this be what's going on on our ship? Oh. He's like, this is what we know. And I was like, this sucks. Like, this is so bad. Um, because I, I think it fundamentally goes against what, uh, what Star Trek is about. So I hated that. Not, not being just like fucking annoying. Yeah. Well, that, and just like, it's like creating drama on the ship. And I was just like, that's not, that's not what they're about. That's not what they do. Uh, you find out that, uh, this might be the one that you find out that Tom Paris, uh, so I, I guess it wasn't last episode it started. I think it's been going on for a while that he's been really shitty. And I think this is the one where they're like, Tom Paris is going undercover, but they never tell Chakotay. And I was like, you're not going to tell Ch- Chakotay that this dude is just going to be openly defiant on the ship in front of everyone. Like, it's like, that's a super bad plan, Janeway. That doesn't work at all. Uh, and then this is the one where I've realized that Neelix is Joe Dirt. He just is like the way he looks. He, he's Joe Dirt. Uh, he fights a guy who is the actual traitor in engineering, and there's no one else around. Belena Torres isn't there. No other crewmen are there. They're just all gone conveniently, Jarrett, for the fight scene. Right. And that really bothered me. So I said it was lazy. It's lazy. So that episode sucks. Yep. Not good. Uh, 221. Um, Harry Kim gets launched into space. Three out of four stars. I beg your pardon? Harry Kim gets launched into space. Three out of four stars. Okay. Uh, this is Deadlock. Uh, and this episode features a dead baby. <laughs> and a space C-section, oh. which I found strange. So this uh, this episode's actually pretty good. There's like a, uh, like a reality sh- phase shift or something, and a second Voyager pops up, and there are two. And I'm just realizing on IMDb, there is a... Uh, a typo. It says everything in Voyager with two R's. That's weird. Uh, so a second ship comes up. They're the same. They're all the same. It's just like they're both occupying the same space. Harry Kim gets launched out into space and dies. <laughs> that was cool. Uh, a lady gives birth to a, or she doesn't give birth. She has a C-section uh, to a baby. Uh, and then the baby dies. And I went, holy shit, that's pretty dark for sure. Uh, for Star Trek Voyager. Weird. Um, but then things get resolved. It's not a bad episode. One Voyager dies. The other one lives. That It's got to be that way, I guess. But then the Voyager that dies was the one that uh, Harry... The Voyager that lives is the one Harry Kim got ejected on. So the Voyager of the ship that's dying, they send their Harry Kim over. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, it's not right that Harry Kim is dead. And so he takes the baby over. And I was just like, oh, man. I wish they had kind of left that. Oh, god damn, man. Moving right along. Uh, 222. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, Tuvok kidnaps some geriatrics. Two out of four stars. Okay. So, Innocence, uh, Tuvok crashes on a planet with some little kids, and he kidnaps some of them, but they turn out to be senior citizens. Mm. It's fine. That's all I have to say. Okay. Uh, 223. Harry Kim gets kidnapped again. Zero out of four stars. Now, how many zeros have there been? This is my first zero star rating. So it, it took till Voyager to get a zero star. 
Despite, am, despite there being like potentially at many. least two, if not three, four stars. Yes. Their Voyager is all over the place. But I <laughs> am so sick of Harry Kim getting kidnapped, so I'm going to increase my Wang watch. We are now at five kidnappings for Harry, for uh, on the Wang watch. We're not even out of season two yet. Uh, and half almost through season three. It's happened two, three more times. I can't stand it anymore. Uh, so in this episode, it's a Cirque du Soleil paid partnership, I I think. Uh, and it's got to, you know, when, um, what's that dude's name? Uh, the uh, Spinal Tap guy, Mike McKean or okay. something like that. Okay. He's in this and he's not bad, but it's all about, it's about like an artificial circus and Harry Kim gets kidnapped in it. I couldn't care less. It sucks. I'm, stop kidnapping Harry Kim. <laughs> Nobody cares if he gets kidnapped. Just Do you know what I mean? Kidnap Tom Paris and keep him. Keep him. Yeah, keep Harry Kim too. Who fucking cares about this guy? So uh, by the time I got to this, I was just very like, no more, no more. So that was the thaw. Uh, that was the thaw. Yes. Uh, and then we have two twenty four, and my rate, my review is OMG, two out of four stars. <laughs> this is the two Vix episode. Two Vix. Which is a wild ride, man. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not a great episode, but the Tuvix character is interesting. So Tuvok and Neelix get formed into one out of a out of the transporter, which I thought was a cool idea. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm surprised they haven't done that before. And it creates Tuvix, mm-hmm. and then it uh, and then the debate arises. He's Tuvix for like two months on the ship, apparently. And then Janeway's like, Nah, we're gonna split you. And he's like, But that would be to murder me. And she's like. Yeah, oh, I'm okay God. with that. The, and the, then she doesn't. The, the Tuvix makeup. Uh, Do you like it? Oh, I, I kind of forgot you sent that to me. Yeah, Tuvix is a Tuvix is a wild ride, man. It's uh, upsetting. Oh, it's it's upsetting. Oh, you gotta use. Uh, you gotta tweet that one out. Or you gotta Instagram that out. Just, yeah, Tuvix. There's the one I'm looking at right now. It's uh, very like, oh, no. Yeah. So. The episode is just okay, but the uh, the reveal and the execution of Tuvix is uh, it's good. I'm a I'm a Tuvix guy. Yeah, it's too bad he never came back. That's unfortunate. So we just got two left for you, Jared. This yep. will be quick. Let's do it. Uh, two twenty five RV camping. Two out of four stars. Uh, Chakotay and Janeway get stranded on a uh, on a. Uh, planet and they think that they're gonna have to live there forever now and that uh they're like sick so voyager leaves janeway and chakotay must adapt to life quarantined on a planet after they have contracted a incurable disease yep it's uh it's not bad it's building up a romance between the two of them which is like i don't know i have no opinion at this point but uh it's a fine episode not really much to talk about to be honest Mm mm-hmm uh, and then we have 226, which is a season finale. Um, and I call this uh, the Resident Psycho episode. Uh, and I give it a three out of four only because this is a Brad Dourif episode. So the Kazon take over Voyager and they, they kick everyone out. They leave them on a planet and then they take off. And then Brad Dourif is the only one left on the ship. And he has to go and uh, murder everyone, all of the Kazon. <laughs> That's awesome. 
uh, it doesn't quite get there in this episode. It's more in the first episode of season three. But uh, you do get a lot of Brad Dourif in this, which I was a big fan of. Uh, but one thing that really bothered me is Neelix is sent on like an away mission and he's given like authority over like ensigns in uh, part of the ship. And I was like, how does Neelix have any authority? Yeah. He's not he's not Maquis or Federation. He's just some dude they found. That's their chef. Mm-hmm. It's like, why is he how does he have any authority or say in in any of this? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And they, and they keep doing it in season three, too. Like they keep making Neelix more like giving him more power. And I'm just like, I don't get it. Like he's, he doesn't offer anything, you know? Anyways, so that's season two of uh, Voyager. Woo. Couple, uh, very, very good episodes, but also some typical stink. <laughs> so four episodes from season two were moved to season three, specifically basics, part two flashback, false prophets and sacred ground. Okay, let me see. Basics part two. So, yeah, that was their opener. Flashback is Sulu. That's not bad. Uh, False Prophets. Uh, Oh, that's a Dece episode. Sacred uh, Ground. Oh, a Kess episode? No. Not great. Oh, yeah. Hey, I I, I was glad to hear, like, not a single mention of Kess in the second half of season two. Mm, She comes back pretty heavy in season three, man. I think think there's three Kess episodes so far. Oh. Season three. Oh. They're trying to make her Deanna Troy, and it's uh, it's not good. It's exactly what it sounds like. Not good. Not good. So, anyways, the uh, highlights were Brad Dourif and uh, the uh, the fly, and uh, that's it. Just watch those two episodes. You don't have to watch any of the other ones. Yep. <sighs> so, are you are you happy? I'm I'm very pleased with what we're doing here. You happy about this? No, I, go I think I, I. mean, I wouldn't go that far. I think I ripped through pretty fast, to be honest. Other than the Brad Dourif talk, but that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, that's it for me. Awesome, L- little buddy. That's all I got. That's huh. all I got. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got any news? Uh. No one watched the Oscars. That's interesting. Yeah, I think we've said that now three times. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins wasn't there either. No, he didn't. Because they didn't want him on Zoom? Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Something? I don't know. I mean, I guess you should send this precious old man around, cart him around unnecessarily. I don't know. Just pull a pin on the whole thing. Just call it. Or what? Or whatever. Um, okay, then. Let's, mm-hmm. let's call it right now. That's okay. The, that's the preamble. Let's talk about, okay. a, let's talk about a movie. Cause, oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Right. That mm-hmm. thing. After the break, we're going to go watch our mistresses with the cameras while we're watching dudes staring at her butt. Excuse me? I don't know. It's, you have to ask him. Ask who? Orson. The French? <laughs> ah! The French.
This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about F for Fake from 1973, directed by Orson Welles. No tagline, RJ. Very sad really? to, to see that. We'd love to see this poster for F for Fake. Come and check us out in the theater, folks. You mm-hmm. want you, you like film essays? <laughs> well, we got a, a synopsis, though, from a little letterbox. Okay. Documents the lives of infamous fakers... Elmir Dehore and Clifford Irving. Dehore, who later committed suicide to avoid more prison time, made his Jesus. name. Yeah, they don't talk about that in the documentary, do they? Why is it in the synopsis if it because if it didn't happen in the movie? Well, it's one of you know it's like additional info. Made his name by selling forged works of art by painters like Picasso and Matisse. Irving was infamous for writing a fake autobiography of Howard Hughes. Wells moves between documentary and fiction as he examines the fundamental elements of fraud and the people who commit fraud at the expense of others. Uh, it's kind of like what we do. I know I say that a lot, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Well, this is um, this is the uh, the only fraud cast. It is the fraud cast. I'm really confused too, though. Still, why they would include that tidbit that that guy killed himself? Like that. <laughs> That'd be like if for Hook, 
they were like 20 years later robin williams would uh wow. die uh, passed away and he's just like why would that be included in the synopsis well, for hook one's a fictional character in the story and it's a fictional story and that wouldn't be relevant to it this is about a man who did kill himself it didn't happen in the time frame though i feel like it's irrelevant uh it happened only what four years after Okay, it's a little. Uh, it's, it's a little. I don't know. It's a little like oh, by by the bit way. Um, this guy uh, took some sleeping pills and to overdose. I mean, yeah, okay. It's like I, I'm not. I'm not mad about it. I'm just. I, I find it strange that it's included. That's all. <laughs> you mad, bro? You're mad at the synopsis? I, well, frequently, but uh, I, I'm just. I, I just don't get it, which I mean is the theme of this podcast. So whatever. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Continue, please. So uh, this is a film that I have seen before a couple of times. Uh, mm-hmm. Last time was about six years ago because I wanted to do a revisit because I, okay. I didn't really remember much of it all because way back, you know, in those tumultuous days of the mid 2000s, young, young Jarrett, young Francois, he was uh, very like into and interested in con men, hustlers, pranks. There, there, this was like a weird space that I found really fascinating because I found that as I was learning more about contemporary art practice, uh, this was something that oh, wow. I was very interested in in terms of like <laughs> I felt like sometimes contemporary art was a, a con. Tell me more about your research into contemporary art practice. Oh, no one wants this to hear. This is news to me. No, nobody wants to hear about that. Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't I'm, know. It's like, you know what? It's like, it doesn't matter what period of time you read into this stuff. It, you pretty well feel the same way, I think. Well, well, I know I will. But, I mean, you might be able to convince some of the other listeners out there. Yeah. You're not going to change about, my mind, but, you know. It's about, it's about giving giving them your confidence. I, want, I really look forward mm-hmm. to... One day watching uh, Homicide, the David Mamet movie, uh, which is in the like, collection. Like you just look forward to you watching it or watching me. it with me? Well, watching it again because we, <clears throat> we don't watch Criterions on this show beyond the ones no. that are contractually obligated. No, not at all. And that's fine. People are, people are, are okay with that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what did you know about F for Fake before this week, RJ? Well... As much as it pains me because people will yell at us on YouTube, uh, not a lot. Like, I knew what F for Fake was, but once we st- – when I was actually interested in it, it was when we were about to start the podcast. And then I was like, ah, I won't watch it until we get there, I guess. And, I mean, four years later, here we are. Mm-hmm. I knew about it. Uh, I think at the time, like, years ago, it was being pitched as a movie about making movies, which I don't think is necessarily the case. But I remember that was always the pitch that I had heard, a movie about making or a movie about movies. And I was like, huh, that sounds cool. But then I don't actually think that's that's what this movie is about. But that's just like my opinion, man. It's it's not. So it's it's really not that's a movie a, about movies. Have you heard that too though? Like I think under on Criterion's page, I think it was even like put in that little sub subgenre. Well so which is inaccurate. Is yeah. it's kind of about six different topics. Yes. Whoa, six. I know three. Well, we've got we've got uh, Elmir, 
not Elmer. Uh, Elmer Fudd? Uh, Elmer Dory. <laughs> El- Elmir, who is the, um, I guess it was the starting point for this project. Uh, yeah. Orson had been uh, tapped to do a project on uh, Elmir, Elmir Dory, who was this noted uh, art forger who had been found out, this Hungarian man who could do a, a mm-hmm. pretty mean impression of uh, I- of a painter. Matisse? A pretty mean a, Matisse? A mean Matisse. Do you think he did any Degas? A pretty Picasso. A, a, a Degas? Yeah, do you think he did any Degas? Um, I might be a little bit more on the... He probably could have. I mean, I know that's more sculpting, right? Or did Degas do paintings too? Uh, Degas. Degas. <laughs> Anyways, continue. You like that? Uh, you like those French Impressionists, RJ? I like Degas. Was he French? He was. What are what are other French impressionists? Throw out some names. <laughs> oh my god! I don't have an art history degree. I don't know them all. Uh, and, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, because uh, Monet. <laughs> oh, I know about Monet. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Andrew and I have been watching uh, the Last Man on Earth, the Will Forte show, and uh, there's a lot of famous artwork in that. Whoa! You like Renoir? Yeah. Uh, Papa I, Papa John, Papa John. I know Papa John, the pizza mogul. Yeah, and and the director of Grand Illusion, as it turns out. Papa John was. Yep. Well, I mean, see, this is why I do this podcast. I just learn a little bit you of new learn, things. You learn so week. much from me. Yeah, I do. I do, and I'm not going to look into it. I'm just going to take it as fact. Yeah, Papa John Renoir. Papa John Renoir. Renoir. Yep. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're just a country boy, RJ. Who, me? Yeah. Well, I don't know much, but I know Degas. That's uh, <laughs> it's the one I got, okay? Uh, so there's Elmir. And then you have Clifford Irving, who is an author, who wrote a sure. book about Elmir being a fake. But he himself is a also a, a faker, as he uh, f- apparently uh, fabricated a interview with Howard Hughes in which is the a third point of topic for this documentary right. pseudo film essay so we get like kind of a a cliff notes version of Howard Hughes and mo- not even at all like it is it assumes you know who Howard Hughes is yes and it ter- turns out it aligns pretty closely to the casino episode of uh Simpsons <laughs> I mean, when I watched this, I, I kind of like, I was like, is this what that episode was based off of? Or mm-hmm. It is. And then I went, I guess. I, I will say it's like my my knowledge of Howard Hughes is The Aviator and yeah. uh, James Elroy novels, like the American tabloid books, because mm-hmm. Howard Hughes shows up in that. And because he, he, he has an unquenchable thirst for Mormon blood. Uh, and so wait, what, does he consume the blood? Yes, blood transfusions. Like digest it? Blood transfusions. But they do call him Drac. That is one of the nicknames they have for him. And he's, oh. he's uh, you know, he's holding up in Las Vegas in that hotel room. He, Why Mormon blood? Because they didn't, they don't pure. drink. That's exactly. Uh, pure Mormon blood. <laughs> wow. Wait, blood, what ask, blood would you, you, you want You can ask, ask James Elroy about that. I'm not sure what he wants anymore. Oh, what do you think he's up to? Where can I get a hold of him? Uh, celebrating the great the great works of police officers. Loves the James L- Elroy. Yeah, is? he loves the LAPD. He loves them. So he's on 4chan with a bow tie. Oh, okay. I'll find him. 
Yeah, you will. I'll yeah. sniff him out. Anyway, so you got Elmir, you got Cliff, you got Howard, and you got Orson Welles. We get a little, we get a little snippet of uh, autobiography in this. Just a little bit, a little not bit. too much. And then you get Oja. Oja, she's Hungarian too. There's Oja. a lot of Hungarian. I didn't realize this was such a strong, I know, pro-Hungarian film, and, and I, I was and, pretty happy. And, and, I, I know, I know you. Uh, I strongly identify as a, a, a man of Hungarian extraction. I uh, so not even kidding. This isn't totally related, but uh, some work acquaintances last week. It was just kind of someone brought up one of their other names. They're like, oh, what is that? And they're like, oh, that's German. And then they looked at me and they're like, what about you? And uh, one of the ladies I work with just went Hungarian. And I went, whoa. I was like, that's a deep pull. And I was like, how, how do you know that? And they're like, body hair and sweat. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I mean, they're not wrong. What, what? Well, is this like in the lunchroom? And were you like just not wearing a shirt at the time? And you're just like flaunting that hair and sweat. Well, I mean, the facial hair is part of it, Jared. But uh, I have worn short, short sleeve shirts before, and uh, at work, yes, behind the Burger King, behind the Burger King, Uh, and I have worn some shorts before. So, uh, I mean, the sweat is evident. Uh, The body hair—I was surprised that they picked up on that. I mean, it's true, but uh, I was like, I didn't know you guys could see that, and now I'm embarrassed. A regular, uh, regular wolfman here. Well, I just thought I'd brought it up, uh, or I would bring it up. So uh, my point was, I was um, I was happy to see the representation of Hungarian culture in this in this film. Yeah. So good stuff. It made you happy. Uh I wasn't mad at it. I'll tell you that much. Well, wow. Oja uh, is Croatian. Uh, yeah. There. I mean, that's that's a uh, Yugoslavia, RJ. Well, I mean, I think all of Europe's all kind of uh, same house, different room, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> you know what I mean? Huh. In a, in a manner of speaking. Okay. Very well. Very well. Uh, and then, so you have those five figures. And then, arguably, you have the kind of the, the, the meta film. Uh, what is the meta film? The the the, 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 the act the, of fraud. The like I don't know where it's like where he's talking to us and saying, "Who this is what I'm doing coyly," mm, and then wink. Be be clever with me. Can we be clever together? But not really, because I am the maestro. It, it is my hand at the editing switch. Are you speaking of Orson, or are you speaking of yourself or, at this moment? Or, or song. Oh, okay. All right. Well. Well, apparently he like I was reading the uh the accompanying essay for this and yeah. uh, was it jo- Jonathan Rosenbaum or something like that who wrote this sure. talking about he was in he was in Paris you know back in 72 and he had an opportunity to sit down and interview Orson he's like what are you working mm-hmm. on he's like I'm working on this I'm working on this documentary and it's like hoax I think at the time it was called and apparently it's, it just had like a whole bunch of different titles over eventually and eventually and it kept getting kind of like he was tweaking it working on it for like seven years or some bullshit mm-hmm. and uh it had different titles and then people started making jokes that it's like oh it's the the it's another orson wells movie he, it's never coming out and uh it became the orson wells film because it was called fake and then finally i guess maybe it was oja who came up with f for fake and uh that's, mm. that's what we're stuck with and I don't know if you uh, checked out the nine-minute trailer 
that Orson Welles made for this that never actually got released. Uh, I didn't know it existed. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's on the the channel, the Criterion channel as well. It's on YouTube, and it's we'll like pause, and, I'll and, watch and, it. and, and it's its own short film of footage that wasn't even used in F for Fake. It's all new stuff, but it pretty well tells the story all over again of the film, which is oh. uh, disjunctive editing. <laughs> disjunctive look at you remember that remember uh, that's an old hashtag of mine disjunctive editing i remember there's a lot of shifting you're a big fan of non-linear storytelling correct uh it depends okay yeah okay are, are we, are we yeah talking? uh no. go on no i was i didn't realize uh there was a uh, watchable trailer i did watch the orson wells nose thing for this i don't know if that's a log ball in letterbox but uh i did watch that little short that's on the channel did you check that one out i did not the history of his nose no are you familiar with that story nope did you know that he wore a fake nose for like every one of his movies except for like one that he i think othello was the only one he didn't wear a fake nose for i, I was not aware because he was embarrassed by it. He said his nose was too uh, baby looking. So uh, he would get a fake nose for every one of his movies. And then it was it was actually really interesting. Like it's only like, I don't know, not even 10 minutes long or something. But um, it was about how he would kind of get these makeup men. And like some of them were actors. And then th that's why they were occurring in movies of his. Because he needed someone to be able to apply his nose for these movies. And his biggest thing was he just, he didn't like his nose. So he... He got fake ones. Uh, well, isn't that like maybe the namesake of Orson Pig from Orson's Farm, the accompanying of uh, Garfield and Friends? It must be. No. For sure, yeah. But I'm surprised you didn't know about that one, Jared. Uh, I, uh... It feels like cartoon bullying. Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> bullying of Orson Welles, who was probably dead by a few years when this came out. See, that's like one thing is – there was a period of time where these these animators they love Orson hmm? Welles. Or, Orson, or, or, Orson Welles uh, references pop up in strange places. And Animaniacs guess... they loved him. The Critic, mm -mm. Simpsons. I mean, I get it. I think uh, Orson Welles has a, a very dominating uh, presence. He is like he's got a very eloquent manner of speaking Jared, but it's authoritative like you when he talks it commands that you mm -hmm. listen you know what i mean mm -hmm. and uh so i get it i can see why he would have been a hot topic but do you think <laughs> if he had saw that uh, looney tunes thing do you think he would have been sad um yeah he, he might have just uh wanted it done and over with then and there it's like i'm not a cartoon pig a cartoon pig in this world that's how we talk <laughs> that's right uh, I can do Orson Welles all night for you, buddy, oh, if you want me thank, to. That sounds fantastic. Okay. Outstanding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, just tell me yeah. Uh, how do you even break down? There's no plot. This is a. This is like not even a documentary. It's like uh, footage assembled. Yeah. Uh, kind of talking about disjunctively of events that occur. Uh, it opens up with a kind of a framing device involving a train. Which, I mean, we know some people like to talk about trains in essay form, how it really, about inertia. Remember that? Remember uh, when divorce Italian style? It made, that review made no sense what they were talking about. Like, I don't 
I don't get it. I, I don't know what they were talking about with that stuff. Um, really reaching. The, the, the film opens up with Orson Welles doing a magic trick with a kid at a train station. And he tells us that everything we see for the next hour will be based on solid fact. Uh, yeah. Did you recall then... that? Did you remember that? Did you, did you realize what was going on later on? And he went, oh, man, he got me good. I actually didn't, and I, I texted uh, Andrea. Watched a little bit with this with me, and then uh, she kind of uh, lost interest. So she went upstairs, and then when they were talking about Picasso, uh, they were talking about like Hungarians again. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, are they saying that Picasso was Hungarian? I was like, I don't no. think that's true. No. So I texted her. And I was just like, it's like, was Picasso Hungarian? <laughs> I didn't like. I mean, I know it would have been easier to Google it. But... Yes. <laughs> But I was like, well, my wife has an art degree, art history degree. I was like, I'm going to put that to use here. I'm going to ask her what what the deal is. So I was like, was Picasso Hungarian? And she's like, no. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then it didn't really click with me until like five minutes later where he, uh, Jonathan Frakes came in and he uh, dropped the, uh, we made it up. Pure, pure fiction. We made it up. Pure Not true. West. Pure fiction. Pure West. Yeah. So, yeah. I got to say that, uh. Dear listener, Rob Eagle really came through. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. That was a. That, it's a good picture. I I, uh, I, I, I I envisioned it immediately, and I was like, he he can pull this off. He's got to mm-hmm. do a little bit of a swap, and he did it. Marvelous. A little, a little swap and tickle, if you know what I mean. Jesus, that it came out different than I wanted it to. That's not really what I intended, but that's what they always say. Oh well. Oh well, yeah, it was a good job. Good, good. Uh, so we get a we get a little mini film in F for Fake RJ. We we get a little bit of oogling, oogling man oogling this uh, this Uja Oja strolling around in a miniskirt, walking up and mm-hmm. down, and a bunch of leering dudes watching. What uh, what ethnicity do you think those dudes were from, were or not ethnicity? What uh, what country do you, European country do you think they were from? Hmm. Let's see here. I know the answer. I know the answer, RJ. Where was it filmed, Jared? Uh, it was lo- in a location known as Rome, Italy. <laughs> really? Now. <laughs> Excuse me, Jarrett. I didn't actually know that. <laughs> I was just making a, a bold uh, assumption there. And uh, again, I gotta say, it's not me. It's Criterion. They, the least, but the men did not. They were able to keep themselves together. They weren't like thrusting yeah. at her. They were. They, they, they were clearly insatiable, but at least they had some self control over mm-hmm. it. Maybe they were just a little, was... they were too overwhelmed. Because yeah, we get some. We get some candid camera. You know, yes. we get a little bit of like, oh, look, look at these guys. Where's the sound effect? Orson's talking over. It's like we thought we'd make it a short film. <laughs> do you do you think that those they told those people later and signed a waiver to have their likeness included in a nah, film? Fuck them. That's no, that, that was before FOIP. But well, do you think that one of those people, like one of their uh, like like descendants, could like? I don't know who who produced this film, like Paramount or something. Oh yeah, Paramount was Fox, all over it. Twentieth Century Fox. Do you think uh, they could like go after them and be like, "We want money"? And they go, "Fuck off!" <laughs> your, your dad was a pervert. <laughs> he got caught. Well, he's, he's... <laughs> I mean that that is a potential downside there, I suppose. But 
Yikes. And then we throw to Elmir. And what was he doing? Uh, chatting and having parties. Walking around in his sweater with his, like, his, like, leather belt thing. His waist, <laughs> his big, thick, like, this is, like, ah, uh, the 60s. <laughs> this is uh, that late 60s, 70s garb. Um, you would definitely see, like, a guy show up on, like, original Star Trek dressed this way from, like, some, mm-hmm. some planet. And you'd be like, ooh, this is cutting edge. It was the fashion of the time. Roman Polanski would be having a party and people would show up, roll up like this. It's all coming back, I, I think. Uh, like those those belts that look like they belong in a Western you like store, yeah. but for tackle for horses kind of thing, mm. not for people. It's a man saddle. Yeah, that's one way to put it, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, fashion. Fashion. Mm-hmm. Only on this podcast. Yeah, we're the fashion podcast. We're clearly not a Criterion podcast. Oh, yeah, we get a little, was it Ibiza? Is the name of the Abiza? Abiza? Yeah, they say it a lot. Abiza. Yeah. This is Abiza. No. Abiza. So, so you know, we see him. He's a he's a man. Uh, what do you call it? Not a gadfly. He, he's a. Um, everyone wants to know him. Everyone wants to be seen with him because there's controversy. Uh oh yeah well he's the he's the the celebrity of the town. He's the town pumping, Jared. Everyone wants a ride. Well, and there's Wait, like, that's... and then there's, and there's young men that come all the way from the Midwest of America to be a, his bodyguard. I, uh, I was a little bit confused by that well, because they bring it up there's, there's, and it there's... doesn't come back really. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess, uh, uh, Orson didn't want to delve too deep into that. The, the, the relationship, uh, the relationship that's, that's there. Cause you go, I think I, I got, I think I've got this, uh, Elmir guy pegged. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, I was kind of like, I, I didn't realize this guy's celebrity reached time. a point where people would cross oceans to just be around him. Do you know what I mean? Be part, they like want if you scenesters, told me... scenesters. They want, a, they want a piece, and they're like, hey, let's hang out. Hey, I'll live with you. If other things happen, sure. <laughs> Whatever. I guess. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> I hope not. Oh, never mind. This is the elaborate grooming of the podcast here. Well, I didn't want to say it, but okay. Okay. So, uh, then we're introduced to one Clifford Irving, who's, who's yeah. very much like, I don't know. seems like a real dad, straight shooter, very serious journalist who published a biography of Elmir called fake. But, um, whatever, like, in the, the, I guess there's just the, what do you want to call it? Irony that this Clifford Irving guy would write a, uh, a book on a faker and then he himself would be involved with his own fake authorized biography of one Howard Hughes the richest man in the world back when he's is he still well he's dead he's very dead oh did anyone cry when he died <sighs> some some might have just a few some i don't know okay Okay, I'm just curious. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to create a profile here. Okay, I got you. Uh, tell me what you know about. Oh no, you already did. Yeah. I, so I mean, like uh, Howard Hughes is like in my mind is just like caricature of a person. So it's kind of it's, it is kind yeah. of neat seeing old footage of him because I don't know how many people in 2021 are like, oh yeah, old Howard Hughes. But 
I mean, Clifford Irving, I kind of knew because I was reading these books about hoaxes and fakes and stuff like that. So I'd seen his name pop up. And so that's, I think, what probably drew me to watching F for Fake and also being mm. Orson Welles was like, oh, uh, d- double plus good. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is checking lots of boxes for me. I mean, Orson Welles is just the burger on top of the cake. You know what I mean? Burger on top of the cake. That sounds disgusting. But what? he would eat it. Is that a cooked hamburger, though? Or is it tartare? I, I don't know how he would have eaten his hamburger. I'm going to guess well. Well, I bet he burnt his... <laughs> Man, am I good. Well. I'm just, I'm just I, so I'm, good, Jared. I'm just that much better. No. Yeah. Yeah, that was me. No, he's... Whether I know that I'm doing it or not is, is <laughs> well, it's some, some subconscious brilliance. <laughs> well, yeah, man. I mean, that's what Orson Welles is doing too. You think he knew what he was doing all the time? Nah, man. That dude just yeah. talked, and then people brought people brought out the elegance of it. <laughs> Him and his poor pig snout. <laughs> I, I, felt, I actually I felt bad when he was talking about it because his thing he was just like I don't like my nose but he didn't, he didn't want to commit to a nose job and then he used it for his acting he every all his characters had different noses it was it was very interesting hmm. but also a pretty uh like I mean we know that his makeup guys were good from Citizen Kane but like pretty good mark on uh, cinema uh, makeup effects that. Uh, I didn't even know he had a fake nose in all those other movies I've seen him in. And it's just like, man, that's pretty good. I wasn't really paying attention either, but like, you know, it's a, you know what I mean? It's a real, now, now it's all about prosthetic acting. Oh, and getting a uh, fake gen, uh, genitalia. That's just dangling and crashing into shit for, uh, for the, for kicks. Well, I mean, it's, it's all about authenticity, Jared. It's about popping the boys on stats. Yeah. That's what it's about. Giving them like, giving everyone a good laugh and go, Oh, look at this. Prosthetics. Yeah. Prosthetics. It's, it's like, how, how are you different than a prop comic? <laughs> like from Carrot Top, you mean? Yeah. Are you saying that Tilda the, Swinton, Tilda Swinton from the hit Suspiria remake from Luca, uh, Guardadini. <laughs> Is equivalent to Carrot Top stand-up prop comedy. Who's to say, who? Who's to say? I don't know. RJ, what do you know about authenticity? Uh, not much. I've never really been a. I don't think anyone's ever used that word with me involved in it ever. So the authentic. The authentic? Well, I know that many things in life aren't real, so well, authenticity can't be real. But what about how about auras? Uh, like strong positive auras, or <laughs> how about vibes? I know about vibes. Okay, all right. I definitely know about vibes. A lot of people talk about vibes. Some people say we're a vibe. No. Um, Andrea you... used to have a car that was a vibe. It was a Pontiac vibe. Yeah. And then what happened? Uh, someone backed into it one day. We, we weren't even in the car. We weren't even driving, but they backed into it and dented the panels, and uh, it had to be written off. That's bad vibes. It was a bad vibe at that point. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, old Orson Welles inserting his own story of his being a – now that he's an expert on the con because he pulled off that War of the Worlds thing. Remember that? Remember that? I was actually, I was a little bit surprised that uh, he was talking about that in here. I was like, is he just kind of pumping his own 
his own pump here for a little bit or what's going on? He's framing it as like, well, I mean, I know a thing or two about uh, about tricking people. I mean, and and, and everybody in the in our craft, if it's acting or mm-hmm. storytelling or movie making, uh, we're all just tricking you. What is real, RJ? Nothing. <laughs> exactly. Very few things that are real in this life, Jared. Do you think um, this film has the power to instill that wow factor to make people consider that possibility? I mean, I've been riding that boat for a while, so I'm probably a bad person to ask. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're well arrived at that point. Yeah. The only thing that's real is the illusion of free choice so uh, or free will <laughs> yeah, in my mind. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm the wrong guy to ask, man. But I don't know. What do you think, Jarrett? About, what was the question? <laughs> I don't know. You asked it. Exactly. Oh, do I think it has? A, a, can people learn something from F for Fake in terms of like, uh, I don't know, truth? <laughs> or well, what about truth? Or things, just things, things, things not being the same. I don't know. It, it seems kind of uh, hilarious in some ways, considering uh, the state of how the internet is used, how it's just like exasperated, like these things. Um, fakes. Deep fakes, fuck, not even, I didn't even get there yet, but, you know, I was Google searching something earlier for the show here, and the first thing that popped up was something about deep fakes, about, like, Tom Cruise deep fakes, and, um, yeah, I mean, so, F or fake is kind of like, oh, yeah, that's, that's so quaint, that's so, that's nice of you to think of that, Orson, <laughs> but, I, 1973, yeah. different, different story. I don't know if that's what people are watching this for, or they're just watching it for the the wellsiness. They're watching it probably for the the editing, which is uh, again uh, disjunctive at best. Disjunctive at best, or artfully disjunctive. It, ba- uh, it bounces back and forth. So one one video I watched um, before I, we got on here was uh, do you know that. Pot. It's like it's now a dead YouTube channel. They stopped posting, but uh, it's like every frame of painting. Do you remember that guy and his partner? Yeah. They were doing videos. Yeah. Like one of their last ones was like that, like thirteen minute thing on like Marvel movies that has like almost ten million views. Uh, one of his one of uh, his favorite films was F for Fake because he found it very uh, important in terms of the video or like, the film essay. And how he's some good commentary track uh, drops from, I think it's one of the guys who worked on Bad Day at Bad Rock or Black Rock and talking about Mm -hmm. Empire Strikes Back. Because I think it's like the editor for that. And uh, there's this cliche. And this this might go down. This is some real Horizon talk. But uh, one of the fundamentals in terms of like good editing, uh, pacing that gets probably taught in like every film school anywhere for in terms of like narrative and such is meanwhile, back at the ranch, so when you're kind oh, of when you're when you're yeah. jumping back and forth between mm. narratives, it's important to like have something that you build up to a moment and then you cut to having a dual story happening back and forth, and it kind of yeah. just helps with flow. And the one bad thing would be doing the and then and then format because that can that can make people bored. Yeah. And he talks about that, and he loves he loves this film. He says it was very influential on him in terms of like how to pace and so like that. He learned it all from this film. But it's like pretty sure people were doing that beforehand. Like you literally just had a guy yeah. who cut Empire Strikes Back like you know 
what, six years after this came out. Pretty sure that people were thinking about this outside of F for Fake. But mm -hmm. people come to these things uh, probably in film school, F for film school. Um, wow. And uh, now it's very like you watch like an Adam Curtis documentary and it has a concerted point because it is a documentary about something like that, trying to instill something about the now and today. And I don't think F Fake does that whatsoever. And it's not its intention though either, but uh, this feels like a artifact mm -hmm. to me now. But uh, where are we at with my recap though? So he talks well, about World War of the Worlds. Mm -hmm. uh, they talk about just like the whole idea of like, you know, you take these Elmir paintings to all these different art galleries, this idea of what, experts will say one person will say oh of course it's obviously a fake and then the next place goes well it's obviously a real one and it tells you nobody actually fucking knows anything and you go oh wow You're so... it's, al it's almost as if it never mattered ever well i mean fuck like Jared. every goddamn day all all i see online is how experts know nothing and but we also need to listen to experts but it's but no not all experts are created equal and anybody can call themselves an ex, an expert and when you're talking about these intangible things like who drew this you go i don't know if someone tries hard enough uh and figures it out it, it turns out you can replicate this very easily and that's why that's why we need NFTs. That's what I'm saying at the end of the day. Invest in crypto. No. Uh, good night, folks. Non fungible is the future. Hook up that uh, car battery in the desert. Uh, fuck the planet. Uh, that's that's wow. real. That's investing. Get that frame of like some guy getting punched in the face or breaking his leg on another guy's leg on the weekend. Uh, make someone rich, not yourself. Mm -hmm. Let's go. I. Could we make a podcast episode as an NFT? We could actually. Uh, there was okay, a so... someone. Someone sold like a a news article. I think the New York Times sold one for thousands of dollars. And you go, who got the money? Who actually got that? Good question. Uh, WWE is getting into NFTs, and uh, Wizards of the Coast. They're going to start selling NFTs too because why the fuck not? I I'm not going to lie to you, Jared. NFTs yeah. completely encapsulate everything. My belief that art isn't real and i think that this movie solidifies that for me this is um the combination of those two things an nft for fake yeah i was gonna say yeah nft for fake like i think this is it's i don't know man i'm i'm getting I'm getting too bummed out by the real world. I, I, I like watching Orson Welles do it in the 70s. But now that I see like Kevin Smith making entire films as NFTs that he's going to oh, go sell, I oh. go. Do you think that's actually going to happen? Do you think it'll. Do you th I think he. I feel I think like it's that's already happening. That's marketing, though, too. And if, yeah. and if no one cares about NFTs by the time it's done, he'll have a movie made and he can just do it the old fashioned way. Well, I, I think we better jump on it as soon as we can. What do you think someone would be willing to pay for an NFT creeps episode? Like 80,000? You don't know until you put it out there. Let the market decide. I will. I'll tell you this. I will do that live Salo viewing with the pudding as an NFT if someone will pay for it. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Mm -hmm. What were we talking about? How, how, how do you feel about Elmir burning his uh, drawings? Just he paints, he does them for the camera. And goes, hey, how much do you think this would sell for? I don't know, twenty thousand, 
up in flames it goes which I, I, I actually I respect it. I've, I've met people that have gotten really freaked out by the casualness in which an artist can destroy their work because they're just like, mm. I'll just make another one. It's not precious to me. And they go, oh, but that's a precious object. That's a thing. Like we have to, we have to protect it. And you're like, oh no, fuck. It's like it doesn't fit in the frame. Cut it. Make it smaller. And they just hack it away at it. And then you just go, oh. yeah. Pearls I clutched. I mean, one time our the whole we lost like an entire podcast episode and then did it again right afterwards and we didn't feel we that that was great though because we that was back when we spoke really fast that one time yeah i mean it was it was a mild annoyance because we had to redo it but like i didn't feel bad at at losing the content just delete this episode right now who gives a shit it'll just never come out it'll be the perfect tribute to orson wells if we just never release this just an hour of just dead silence that's all you need to put out right that's what i would do so uh a good the good hour of this is dedicated to uh the elmir and uh, cliff irving stuff and then it transitions to the last half hour of this which is Mm -hmm. a a story about uh picasso and grandfather and uh oja walking around again Lots of footage mm-hmm. of her walking around. And I think at one point it's like, oh, it's some forgery because it's actually not her. It's her sister who looks like her. Oh, Whoa. Enough. Who cares? Who cares, people who talk about these things? No, it doesn't yeah. fucking add a thing to it. Anyway. I mean, I'm sure, that, I'm sure something like that so, happened. So, but... we get, we, so we get some, like, docudrama reenactment, like, on a shoestring budget and storytelling, very dramatic, with blinds of a photo of Picasso's piercing eyes. And they act, and they go, and every time I watch this, RJ, I check right the fuck out. At the Picasso part? Yeah. I, I've, I've, I'm not in. Like, that final big back and forth of theirs, and then they go, but then it never really happened. And then Fellini, and uh, isn't the life a, a, a carnival? I mean, it, yeah. they really paint Picasso as a predator. It seemed to me. And I oh, he was like, a, he was an alpha predator, RJ. Oh, he actually was. Oh yeah, he he got down. Ugh. Well, as I said, I don't have an art history degree, so I don't know such. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's the only way you find out who are all the sex pests and uh, yeah, uh, all that. Yeah, you gotta take art history. I'm pretty sure that's how it works, man. Like, I'm not a doctor, but I think that's how it works. You know what I mean? But so, RJ, yes. what what do you think of uh, uh, old Orson Welles's uh, paraphrasing of Picasso that art is a lie, and that is what makes us see the truth? Uh, I'm I'm of two minds of it. I feel I like agree I mean, that this, this is this is a big one here because this is probably the the entire thing you'll be talking about <laughs> or driving for us of, uh, as you've said on, in the past, once you're here and there is art isn't real. And, uh, that is exactly what this is all about. But, uh, but isn't that why, isn't that it? I mean, yeah, it is. And, uh, believe it or not, Jared, I did not, as I said, I did not really know that that was the main takeaway from this film. I always thought this was a making of movie. So, uh, I didn't realize that that was it. And now I feel like my originality is being challenged because 
it's like there's no more original ideas in the world um, other than the, the new MCU movies we get year by year. Those, that's the only real art, I suppose. Um, but no, I've long been of the, the mindset that art isn't real, and uh, I stand by that. And uh, as I said earlier, I think this just kind of solidifies things for me. Can we have distractions? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Can we have a, the illusion of entertainment? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Orson knew. He liked a good French champagne, just like anyone else. But he knew that it didn't mean anything, Jarrett. And I think that's what the real takeaway from that, uh, that commercial was. I don't, think, I don't think he was being lazy and drunk. I think he realized that it didn't matter, that it wasn't real. And I think that nobody else sees that except for me. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you like tell you what it is. <laughs> tell it like it is, okay? So anyways, I didn't know that. But uh, once they started really getting into the art isn't real thing, I really perked up and I went, hey, <laughs> wait a minute. This is speaking my language. I said, this is what I've been trying to say for four years on this podcast. And I was like, finally, it's happening. It happened. Uh, and I feel completely uh, vindicated. I did it. I did it. What was your question? Oh, uh, I think it's just about uh, the, the, the concluding statement about, you know, art is a lie, which is yes. not that far off from art isn't real. Um, or, or it is real and it could be a lie. And that in that, that is what makes us see the truth. What I said earlier, the only thing that's real is the illusion of free will. You know what I mean, Jared? Are you uh, or, or do you believe in recidivism? Uh, I'm more of a stoicism kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. Just really leaning towards Buddhism that, you know, all life is suffering. Nothing matters. <laughs> That's the that's a, a whole religion in a nutshell, right? You can do that. That's one of them. I I know uh, a friend of mine uh, was reading up on stoicism and reading the stoicism Reddit for a bit because it sounded it, it sounded like it resonated a bit in terms of their uh -huh. their own uh, kind of vague Buddhist sort of way of thinking. But then as you start getting into the, what these stoicists are all about, you start going, Nah, this isn't for me. <laughs> What are they all about? I don't know. I, I didn't do the reading myself. I can't remember. Oh. The, I can't remember the conversations exactly, but uh, it, it turned to be a dead end. Like a lot of this shit winds up being. My my superficial understanding is that it's uh, materialism is bad. Wow, you, I don't know huge, much more than that. Huge, huge, huge. Uh, so, what were we talking about again? <sighs> yeah, I agree with the finishing sentiment of this film. I've never felt more seen or represented. <laughs> and then this movie in, as a whole, the Hungarianness, the hard, like, unrelenting expression that, you know, art isn't anything. Uh, yeah, this movie was made for me, I think. Made for you. Wow. All right. Well, um, I think so. Damn. Well, I guess, I mean, that kind of is ahead of my question at this point, which would be RJ, what do you do you think for F for fake? Oh, I, I love this thing. I think it's great. Uh, well, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a 10 out of 10 slam dunk. Jared. Uh, there's a few things like I can see now going back the Picasso stuff is probably, I mean, I didn't like, I don't, 
I didn't know the history of Picasso, so I was like, I'll see where this goes. But at, at the same time, I was like, it seems a little fishy. Yeah, you still, uh, you, you still don't know the history of Picasso. I don't, but I do know he's not Hungarian now, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, but even when watching it, I was like, I was like, I was like, I don't know if this is the the case. And even if it is, what are they trying to tell me that he was just some kind of old pervert who hung out and stared at ladies through the window? I was like, that's fine. Um, so I, I wasn't as, uh, that story I wasn't as interested in. And I could see, like you said, on rewatch, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't be interested. Um, but I, I do, I think Orson Welles is just a magnificent storyteller. It's like I was saying before, like his actual, like narration of things is very, um, imposing. I think like it, it draws you in and it's just like, yeah, you better fucking listen to this because he's talking. Orson is talking. That's how I felt at least. Whenever he was talking, I was just like, tell me more, bud. I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. So uh, I was really on board with that. He uh, he he brings it all together very nice. Um, the editing's awesome. I, I really like that. I do like how it bounces around so much. Uh, I could see that being dizzying for some people. I thought it was great. I liked it. And then even the uh, back at the ranch kind of stuff I thought was really good too. And I did like how casual some of it was played off where Orson Welles is just like, ooh, I don't know about that. Well, what about this? Like, I don't know. He's just, he seems very like, like it's very clearly what he wants to do in that moment. But it, it's, just, it's very casual. And it's just like, man, he's just, just one of the boys. He probably likes having a cold one in the park. You know what I mean, Jared? Like, <laughs> with some of the other boys. So I was like, just, just terrific. Uh, so that stuff was all cool. I, I did really like Elmir's story. I just thought that was interesting. I was like, this seems like a fun dude. Like I, this is the kind of thing I do want to know more about. Uh, <clears throat> so his story was cool. Book guy, that guy's story was cool. Do I know what <laughs> the, his name was? No, does it matter? Big cliff. Yeah. yeah cliff, big cliff or uh whatever you just said uh his story was interesting too and then i think like as uh i think it was pretty quick into it where i was just like mm, i feel like this guy writing the books is the one who's not doing stuff and like i mean they say it pretty openly early on too and i was like oh yeah okay uh so those stories are cool the orson wells uh war of the world stuff um i mean i i didn't mind seeing it but uh kind of like you said i was like i don't really like i get why it's here but i don't know if it needs to be uh are you familiar other than kind of a pat on the back the, the one thing i kind of just completely forgot about till now was that there is actually a adaptation of the clifford irving story in a richard gear movie as clifford irving called uh the hoax that came out in 2006 if we had known i wouldn't have watched it yeah, I, I mean, I've seen it before, and it uh, didn't stand out in any way because, like, I completely forgot it existed, and it's I definitely mm -hmm. watched it back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't watch them all, Jared. That's fine. especially the Richard Gere movies. I feel like opinion has shifted on Richard Gere lately. Lately, you mean like people are for, for Richard Gere as opposed to against? Against. Oh, so, so yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's, it hasn't shifted. It's more of the same. More of the same, I suppose. Uh, I don't know what else. What else is well, there? Well, and, and uh, yeah, I also forgot you know, who directed the hoax. 
Oder Lassie Hallstrom, director of My Life as a Dog. Really? Yeah. I do like that guy. No. I like his life as a dog. I think he's an interesting dog. And uh, I'd take that dog for a walk. A boy dog? I mean, uh, I mean, because my, my life as a dog is about a boy. This is like, is this like a hybrid? A, is a, it? a double mutant hybrid. Really? Coming out of Europe, though, potentially. Yeah, out of the Scandinavian places. Oh. Well, that's okay. Better than okay, some would say. I don't know if I have anything else to say about it for fake. I thought it was good. Like I said, I don't think it's a uh, slam dunk right on you, but uh, I, do, I, I did feel seen in this movie, so that's some, <laughs> something to be said about that, I, Intr- I guess. Yeah, and I, I, the one thing that, I mean, I can't pull it up on Letterboxd currently, which is going to be the death of our Who Hates uh, segment because it's just not there. Maybe these people will not be challenged this time. I did copy and paste my selections, though. I have the page up, but I I don't think I'll be able to click to go to their their pages if it's not here, right? I don't know. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. So it goes. So it goes. Yeah. Um, Well... Yeah, so effort fake for me, it's um, to me it's diminished over time. Like that I've watched this, uh, oh, yeah. it's like easy enough to watch, but there is like some stuff in it where not a whole lot's happening. And I know, yeah. I know a lot of people at uh, from the 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 Creepsville extended universe and people just on Letterboxd, mm-hmm. they love it. They love it. They lap it up. They're watching it now and they they're loving it. I'm not sure if it's a rewatch for them or first time view, but. Uh, over the last you know few viewings of mine, spaced out over the years, you kind of go back to it, and I don't know, it's uh, it's interesting, <laughs> but am I in love with this? No, even though despite the fact that it's like it checks so many boxes, mm-hmm. which boxes does it check? Orson Welles, film essays, yeah. uh, yeah, magicians, con artists, uh, yeah, like, this is all stuff. I'm like, yeah, this sounds great, and then. I don't know, but I find that actually the, the the genre of like con artist is pretty poorly represented once you leave uh, David Mamet. Though so mm-hmm. a, a random film recommendation that I have not watched since like 2001 or 2002, whenever it came out, was this movie called Nine Queens. Um, I'm not sure if most people are. It's an Argentinian movie, and it is about wow. a con. It's it's uh, I remember it being pretty good, and maybe more people should watch it somehow. But maybe it sucks now too. Maybe it's aged badly. But it was a good is a good time in two thousand early two thousands. Two thousand whatever. I've never heard of it. And uh I'm not, I'm not surprised. No. Yeah. I don't plan on watching it either. That's fine. But I mean you don't watch brilliant really, you you watch Bringing Down the House. And I don't and I don't blame you for it. Well, I mean, we gotta break up these criterion films somehow. And not, and not like, just watching Star Trek. Well, I mean, once in a while, you need a little uh, Queen Latifah in in the mix in there just to space it out a little bit. Loosen things up. More than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casual. Um, Well, I mean, do you want to hear from some people who hate F or fake? Uh, I do. I don't know if I can do my... uh... Your, my your side uh, well, rundown but i think some of these will uh carry enough weight okay uh first up we've got jack half a star fuck up you old bastard 
I hate this stupid movie. Uh, okay. <laughs> Is that like, all right. I mean, well, I, he's to the point at least. Yeah. So, all right. Fuck sure. up. <laughs> Fuck up. I've never heard that one before. That's, that's Maybe we should start using I, it. Though. I feel like you might. I think you might adapt to it. Fuck up. Or frig up as the kids say. Wow. Wow. That's strong language. I just never heard it used in that sense. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, Rigel DC gave this half a star. Okay. Is that like Rigel 4? Rigel 4? Yeah, it's got to be. An utterly incoherent documentary? Candid camera? Mockumentary? Experimental film? Featuring and narrated by Orson Welles, that might at one point have been about uncovering known art fraud throughout the world's museums, but is instead supposedly a gargantuan prank on the audience. A distasteful characteristic IMO. Wells starts out, I don't know, is that a baseball thing? Wells starts out with some light magic tricks, then proceeds to get increasingly drunk over multiple cocktail and dinner parties, babbling and rambling nonsensically, going from subject to subject with every other sentence, flashing repetitious images of a monkey. Oh, the monkey. We haven't talked about that little monkey guy. Oh, yeah, the dude who just has a monkey in well, Ibiza. Yeah, he's just hanging out at the parties and chatting, like going down on uh, Clifford's shoulder and grooming him. He starts grooming him, and bam! He was a cool monkey. Yeah. I uh, I hope he was treated well. For all about that monkey. Mm-hmm. Reciting mm-hmm. prose about a church and never rationally expositing what the hell it is he's getting at. What? <laughs> if it's a joke, mm-hmm. it's related unintelligibly by a madman. After twenty minutes, I was just stunned at the smug narcissistic impenetrability and just wanted to get off that snooty merry-go-round and it never got better oh i mean i think that's a little harsh yeah but i mean who who am i to say come on rigel rigel four or rigel six uh this is rigel five that's five that's the death planet we don't go to Rigel 5. Exactly. Salty Sea Hag 69. That could be a repeat offender, no? Or is that just a, a catchy name? Catchy. You know, it's all over the place. We all have met Salty Sea Hags. Half a star. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the single most stressful viewing viewing experience I've ever endured. You know that thing when you've got a fever where you have been you have stress dreams that feel like they last for hours, as except that when you wake up and it's five minutes after you fell asleep and then you spend the entire night disoriented and aggravated. That's what watching this movie is like. Except also the last half hour is dedicated to slow mo shots of Wells' topless girlfriend boobing around. So like that's cool if you're into that. Did she boob around? Mm, I'm not sure about the boobing around. There's a lot of like, hey, there's her butt walking down the street again. Here she is walking toward us. Here she is running toward us. And then here's the back. There's her back as she poses for Picasso. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. There, yeah. Uh, yeah, a little there, bit. There's, a, so there's some gaze involved in this. There's like, what's this male gaze all about? And he's like, apparently he was married. Uh, oh. while he was making this to another person and uh, you're like oh yeah hey here it is folks hmm. no what about it, so I know about the, the the male gaze but what about the female gaze 
Mm. Have we encountered that yet? It's it's in like probably some horror movies. It's probably, you probably watched yeah. some Sasuke sister movies, RJ. You know. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I I imagine this person's favorite films include things like. I don't know the Little Rascals. Yeah. Is my guess. That's a good show, actually. So let's go with that. Scheduled maintenance, my ass. But I got two more for shits. Steven DeVoiced. DeVoiced? DeVoiced. Half a star. (laughs) Wait for it. Uh, Yeah. You ready for this? Sure. C for crap. (laughs) Wow. Terrific. Uh, You did it, bud. Good for you. Steven. Good. Good for you, Steve. Good for you. Uh, and then one more from Chris. One star. I would give Orson Welles the roughest wedgie he's ever seen. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't mind the review. I think that's actually pretty good. I I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Bully. It just shows up. <laughs> Just get, just here's your wedgie, you nerd. But he's like, he'd give him the roughest wedgie he's ever seen. It would be like he's ever felt, he's ever had done to him. How can how, how does uh, one see one's own It's easy, dude. You do it in in front of a series of mirrors. Have you oh, ever I been see. into a house of mirrors? Oh, this this Chris guy, he's plotting here. That's how I would do it. I I can only imagine that's how he would do it too. If I wanted to give a dude a rough wedgie that he he would see for making would, this movie, I would really like play it up to it. Be like, hey man, you want to go whoop up days down in Creepsville? We'll get an elephant here. Can walk the midway. It's gonna be great. Smell some vape fumes. Yeah, we'll get some vape fumes in there, but you won't be able to tell if it's a vape or if it's just the corn dog stand. You never know. Mm-hmm. And then go, hey. I got a couple extra tickets. Here's the house of mirrors. Might as well go in for a look. Walk on in and say, "Hey, what is that? Do you see that?" And you say, "What is that?" And then, ah, right out the ass, <laughs> all the way, uh, right out. Classic. Yeah, so, good stuff. You get it all here, folks. Right here on the creeps. If this doesn't bring no. up our listeners, Wedgies. nothing will. Wedgies. Nothing will. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, my goodness. My goodness. Well, mm-hmm. there's no there's no follow-through from RJ because uh, Letterboxd is a piece of shit. Yeah, it's just down. I can't even update my ranked list, so I guess F for fake is uh, at the bottom until whenever Letterboxd comes back. So if you're checking, I guess it's last. Fuck it. Well, I can't change it. Any any final thoughts, RJ, on F for fake? I thought it was good, but I uh, I can see why uh, upon rewatching you might not uh, take away the same shine. But yeah, good to me. That's, so far, so good. It's F for fine. F for fine. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, that's fine with me. I don't mind. I don't mm-hmm. mind that you. Uh, you just find it fine. After the break, it's a whole lot of footage of RJ's ass in that mini skirt. And is this on this, the? All the Italian men are loving it. Better watch out. I know there's a few who uh, wouldn't be able to control themselves, Jared. 
hairy and sweaty. Allegedly. Wow. Confirmed. If you were going to make a film essay about the untruth, the unrealness of art, what would your subject matter be? On a film essay on the untruth of art? Yeah. What would your be your demo? What I would have done, I would have been the one to duct tape that banana to the wall. But I think I'm going to do something different. I think I'm going to get someone to take a shit on camera and I'm going to call it uh, capitalism <laughs> art capitalism and I'll say here you go and, and but it, it, NFT that it'll be on Betamax Betamax and, and that'll, that'll be it and only one person will ever see it probably Kevin Smith he would probably buy it mm-hmm. he's, got, he's got the fun bucks yeah well He's got he's got means. Well, we've yes. got a Facebook page. Sure. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf when it comes back. When it's up. We've got a yep. Patreon. That's still available, so you can just give us money. Uh, we've got a YouTube. That's that's mostly up most of the time. You can watch like good, better documentary video YouTube things about movies than ours. Yeah, you could find someone who clearly does a better job than us. In, like, minutes, as opposed to an hour. Hours? Yeah. Apparently, people just want a three-minute review. So here's my three-minute review of uh, F for Fake. Yeah. That's it. Check it out. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Next week, RJ, Spine 289. Another documentary. This kind of wraps up the do- the documentary trilogy that we've been in. Uh, Steve James's Hoop Dreams from 1994. I think uh, I think Sugarhead is a professional basketball player. Really? I think so. So he's got hoop dreams. Yes, he do. He's got hoop dreams. How about you? You ready for a three-hour documentary? Three hours. Oh yeah, buddy. And, right. and it's not on the channel. Ugh. No. Sports. Get all your uh, your basketball emails in. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Sam Sanchez has some kind of basketball uh, thoughts. <laughs> Doesn't sound like or baseball whatever. to me. It's all the same sports. Yeah. Good yes. night. Yes. Good night. Forever. <laughs>